Okay. Yeah, I just have YouTube open on the side. Yeah. Hey, uh, hey, Miles. Uh, hey, Brian. What do you think of uh, of unicorns? I think they're overrated. You, you, you yeah. think we should all pull out a bunch of guns and take them out? Yeah, definitely. I have I passed my American citizenship yet? Oh yeah, no, that's all it was. It was one question. Wicked, wicked, cool. I'll get a fly over. Wicked, yep. USA, <laughs> USA. Hey Tiff, I'm not here. I don't know what you two are talking about right now. What, what do you think about unicorns? <laughs> I think they are grossly underrated. Frankly, personally, yes. Okay, Brian. I'm hey Brian. With oh hey, Romeo, yeah. who says they're immortal. So hey Brian, what, what 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 do you think of unicorns? I think they're very pretty. Mm. <laughs> and I like watching pretty things die. Can we start the show? <laughs> wow. Let's do it. Whoa. Whoa. Oh, whoa. My, my thingy doesn't work. Shh. Conversation for another time. Let's, <laughs> let's hit the button. New controller and lots of sirens uh, on Holy crap! What is all this about? Yeah, Look at all this great. crap going um, on down here. This is an absolute disaster. So, this is PSVR yeah, Games Cast Live. We filmed live with lots and lots of sirens out, uh, every single Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, right here, live on YouTube, uh, 6 p.m. Eastern. So we're doing it right now. for PSVR too. Man, you can take what you can get around here. Today, a five hundred dollar headset. You don't get me. That's what I think. Like two for the price of one. In fact, we got Tiffany Tolman from Skydance Interactive here in the middle of the screen. What's going Although it's a Hey, I'm here with you two lovely um, folks, but platform. actually I'm, I'm not here sure for the it's going to be So you two just go numbers. right ahead. I'm going to be talking to my real friends in the chat. Oh God, this is like every single Monday. What? Because the specs look we didn't agree with this. <laughs> AJ and I were like this. So All right, think... AJ, let's get it going on in the chat. Holy crap. Oh, my goodness. And on the far right-hand <laughs> side of the screen is Miles from Miles Dyer Official, uh, also known as YouTube.com slash Miles, M-Y-L-A-S. <laughs> I'm glad you do the M-Y-L-E-S, because it would just sound like such a... Miles. Like, it just sounds so, like... Anticlimactic, anti-climactic. yeah, for sure, man. Yeah. We need, some, we need something yeah. more... We need something more punchy. Like, punching exactly. a unicorn That's in the most... face. Yes. Ryan, is there yeah. audio in the corner of some video they're saying? There's, like... <laughs> yeah, probably. Every... Nothing else in this is working <laughs> properly, so... There it is. Yep. Thank you, chat. <laughs> yep. I couldn't do this without you. It... I don't, I don't... How are we doing, Game Cats? Hope you're doing good. Another week, another chance to talk about our favorite thing. Unicorns, guns, and PSVR, too. Maybe. That latter thing, maybe. Yeah, it's going to be about a lot of stuff. Today, Brian? Yeah, I think we're going to talk about some of that stuff. Uh, we're going to talk about cool. we, we're going to talk about all sorts of things. Uh, we're going to talk about maybe the price of the PSVR, too. We're going to talk about uh, a new game that's been not really totally confirmed for PSVR, too. Uh, we're going to talk about guns. But first, <laughs> let's take it to the uh, let's take it to the cats, man. Uh, if you guys don't know, over on Discord, you can click the link in the description below, and you can uh, leave your viewer takeover questions over there. Um, some people will try to answer your viewer takeover questions. I can't stop you, but <laughs> but just don't. <laughs> um, 
So if you go over to the Viewer Takeover channel, you can see all sorts of crazy things going on over there. I th- I'm see, I, I f- rather than sitting around, guys, and, and, and shooting the shit for like 30 minutes, I figure we're going to be doing a lot of sitting around shooting the shit once we get the show started, right? So I figure, let's just get the show started right away. And, you know, you know how it goes. Anyway, people have the mistaken NDA with the, uh, with the Viewer Takeover question, right? What are some genres you had no interest in playing flat, but you enjoy in VR? Uh, let's start. Let's start with our guest of honor, Tiffany. Yeah, definitely. Well, if we're going to start with me, I'm going to interrupt this question for one of my top fifty games. I want to shout out to to the top, Cerebral Frost. Whoa, whoa, we're not allowed advertising on this show. I'm not, Brian, are we, talking Brian? About, we have questions. A question has been asked. Brian, uh, right? So, what is this? <laughs> what games can I not see myself playing flat, but I play in VR? Well, mini golf for one thing, which we're waiting to have a good game come to PSVR two, hopefully full multiplayer. I also can't see myself doing synth riders and pancake gaming, any of those rhythm games that's just moving your body for rhythm as opposed to just hitting drums that I can do and but like rock band or those kind of pancake games are fun. But getting up and moving your full body yeah, you can't do that in pancake gaming. So that's my answer. Nice. I mean, it's better than my answer. I mean, Real-time strategy. What was you? <laughs> Done. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, no, that's a really good answer. Right. That's hard. The problem is, is there's just, there's just genres that bore the crap out of me, really. Um, and really, like, I mean, and even, like, games like Tower Defense games, which I guess is a form of real-time strategy. But, um, like, Pixel Junk Monsters is the only one I've ever enjoyed. Uh, and I'm sure one day... I was going to say, I couldn't think of any, any good ones in VR. But, no, Raw Data... Uh, which which seems like it's just going to be a first person shooter uh, or a wave shooter. Uh, eventually, you know, partway through becomes a, a pretty intricate uh, tower defense game. So, so yeah, that's my that's my answer. Miles, uh, for me, I I think generally speaking, sports games. I just think that there's been a lot of sports games in VR that I've enjoyed, and sports isn't really something I go to. I mean, I play FIFA maybe once every several years i'm not one of these people that play it every year um but like creed i enjoyed with boxing um i even got that i can't remember what the football game was in vr not i'm not talking about headmaster i'm talking about the one where you kick the ball with your hands (laughs) just because obviously you have the move controllers oh oh, yeah yeah um yep i don't remember the name of it either apparently that's good we'll use that for 20 questions later that's good (laughs) but yeah sports sports games for sure Cool. Good question. Um, let us know in the chat. This feels like our first games cast ever for some reason right now. I don't know what's going on. Because uh, I'm here throwing you all off. That's what I do. I'm, I'm, no, you're not. I'm, you're doing fine. Tip, Just don't hold up that sign. I'm thrown off. It has nothing oh, to do with you. I have another one coming. Is it? Yes. Do you have 50 yes, of them by any chance? No, but oh my with, I, this just number one RC airplane. No, can we stop Strange this? Names. Look, we're gonna have See, to cut this. By the way, are in the Discord, our Discord. So if you want to talk to them, you can go to PSVR without Pearl as well. All right, sorry. Listen, listen, I, I, I do have something to say about this. It's yes. it's really easy to sit on the sidelines and say this game, this game belongs in a top fifty list, right? Do you know why it's so easy to do that? Because you don't have to start cutting out. 48 other games when you say this one belongs in there that's the easy thing to say but when you make a list of 50 and that list that game doesn't get on there right that's the hard thing to do 
Well, that's why I'm not doing it that way. My, I'm smart enough to say I'm going to go on a show and then just sort of interrupt the flow with my chaos. Well, but that's right, chat. And, and that's I. This is what's going to happen tomorrow. By the way, when we do, we're going to. If anyone doesn't know, and also, sorry, man, do I have a lot of shit to say today? Um, <laughs> I apologize, Speak, Brian. Get it off your chest. I apologize to any uh, new Patreon supporter uh, who doesn't see their name on the scroll down below. I apologize. Uh, did not go. Uh, it, to, it, today did not go as expected. I will absolutely have that done for next week's show, I promise. Um, also, we're doing the top 50 PlayStation VR debate tomorrow, starting at 11 a.m. Eastern. That's like midnight over there where Miles lives, so he's going to be starting real late. Um, it's going to be all. It's going to be everybody. It's going to be all of the hosts of Without Pearl. It's going to be me, AJ, and whoever else is usually on the show. Um, <laughs> Miles, you can't steal my idea. That's idea stealing and sorry everybody there's construction on my end so if you hear random construction noises, it's on me. yeah don't worry it's not happening in your house <laughs> um so, yeah so, sorry. so please so please show up tomorrow 11 a.m uh and watch us watch the bloodbath ensue uh the, the live stream has already set up we're ready to go it's gonna be everybody it's gonna be me aj miles uh wes and uh in, in aceville we're gonna have five people duking it out for the top 50 list. It's going to be absolutely insane. Uh, let's take care of some of these. They're watching. Watching the blood fly. Can't wait. Are you going to order pizza? For myself, yeah. absolutely. Who do you think I was asking you to order pizza for? Me? <laughs> you? <laughs> I mean, feel free. I'm not going to tell you not to do that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. We had Darth Vader. The Game Cat in the chat with the $2 tip says, Tiffany! So happy to see you. <laughs> yeah, Darth. <laughs> Much love to Darth Vader. We get Donatello, the scientist, came out with five dollars tips. It's just since Tiffany's here, let's get some good info on Saints and Sinners too. Give up the goods, Tiff. Glad to see you on the show, GC thirteen. Uh, uh thanks, Donatello, and you'll be a tourist in the sequel. No, that's brand new information. I'm sure to all of Whoa. you. Whoa! <laughs> Breaking news. Right, right here. Listen, no one from Skydance is watching. You can just you can just say whatever you want to. That's how this works. I will say that Swordsman oh by Sin Studio this, is my also at the Discord. Are, are you just all right. is all of, all of these are saying number one? <laughs> yes. they, these are all these should all be number one. I'm so confused. I'm just you know. Yeah. Uh, I'm just you know throwing it out there, giving my two cents. Looper, the underground game cat with the five euro, says, "Come on, just invite Tiffany for tomorrow to make the number of participants odd." No, that would make <laughs> that would make the participants odd. The number without Tiffany is already odd. Yeah. Um. Drilling on my end. Really got our end. Wow. <laughs> You're never, right. never you inviting. Know, you can on the never show go now. right. Kill artist won the dream the Dreamweaver Game Cat with the, with the five dollar tip. Says it's already a great start to the weekend with special guest Tiffany. Boy, nothing but love for you, Tiff. Like, I, I, well, I everybody. Whenever we get other guest hosts on the show, the first three tips that roll in are like, "Who's this moron?" We've just had someone just <laughs> tip. Who is this? Oh, uh, what? Well, <laughs> 
right, we'll get we'll get there. We'll get there. Uh, by the way, yeah. uh, Looper the Underground Game Cat, uh, one of the many people who have sent a video for tomorrow's top fifty uh, debate. Awesome, right? And so we're getting to finally see what some of these cats out there look like um, is awesome. But so, but remember, if you haven't already sent your video in, if you've got anything to say about a top fifty list, what you think should be number one, you know, uh, games that never get the recognition they deserve, hidden gems that you think belong in the list, whatever it is, man, take, just take your phone out real quick, send me a quick video of you, your cat, uh, and your thoughts on the top fifty list. You know, maybe not even your cat, maybe your dog, or your parrot, or I don't know, maybe your kid. Nah, leave the kids out. Uh, and, and, and tell us your thoughts on what, on, uh, what we need to know about your thoughts on the top 50 list. Send it to withoutparole at gmail.com. We've already got a good handful. We need a handful more. Uh, we'll ship, we will air those tomorrow. Um, yeah, do it, everyone, for sure. See, we got Kill Artist tip, right? And now we got to scroll down a little bit to Bell Ramio, the Game Cat Ram with a $50 tip. Sorry, 50 euros. Same thing. How much bribe money for Minecraft to be on that list? Asking for a friend. <sighs> Listen, Bell. You got you got no worries over here. It's 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 the other four people that are going to be on the show. You might have to worry about. That's all I'll say about that. So this thank just you. In. I just I remember I forgot Rec to add room. that. Miles Dyer, Creeper Betty, just incredible. Some fine game cats who have done some. All right. I'll, okay. Right? I will let that. I will let this that one take a slide. I'll let that slide for sure. <laughs> That's fine. My, Miles is right up another one. We, we're yeah. This is why. Yeah, where is that runner show? This, this is why we jumped right into the show because this was going to happen. No, I'm writing down all the ones Tiff is holding up for my list tonight. Awesome, Tatum so, with yeah, the two dollar tip it. says Tiff a few bucks for your pizza tomorrow. I think I'm supposed to give you this two dollars. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I want my two dollars. I want my two dollars. All right, in the chat, what movie is that? All right, that's not what this channel's about. Sorry, <laughs> movie quotes. I know the movie, but for whatever reason, I can't think of the title. Really, I'm the champ. It's the it's John Hughes, time. right? It's it's not a John Hughes movie. No, it's a John Cusack music movie. Not made by John Hughes, though. Okay. I don't believe so. Unless I'm wrong. Now that I bad. See, now we're totally derailing the show. One second. <laughs> yeah, that's right, Rody. I saw it from Rody first. I've decided to just make dead. you guys wait. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm actually waiting. I was going to say something. But All right, like, oh. while we're waiting, yeah. then, I'm going to go ahead and oh. throw up this next one. Dreams, number one, Twitcher, Astorian, Genetic Blasphemy, Neon. I like your handwriting, Thank you. It's not one of a serial killer. It's actually how no, I it's write it. I would have preferred it if it was done with cutouts of newspapers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll do that next time. I'll yeah. My next video. Next time I invite Brian... <laughs> my channel <laughs> i don't think i'm allowed over there and after after this show no one's allowed anywhere while it is now with game cat right here specifically a white tiger with canadian two dollar tip says who is she uh you should well <laughs> tiffany is uh what's your official title tiff i don't want to mislabel your uh, job title at, at skydance uh, my official title is producer mm -hmm. and i'm over at skydance interactive and my project is saints and sinners too that's right Awesome. Try Absolutely. try not to screw it up, Tiff. We're, we're doing we're doing our best to send out PSVR one in style. Uh, and if and if, <laughs> and if you guys screw this up, it's going to go out with a whimper instead of a bang. How, I have a. How does have, it feel? A, Sorry, Miles. How does it feel to know the entire world is on your shoulders? We're out. This just in: Arasi, <laughs> Endeavor one, player one, over at our Discord. 
Sorry, my, my question for Tiff was actually similar actually to what Brian asked, which was for the sequel, the first time you did it, you were working on a game and it got released and it was out there and you heard the reactions. This time you do have that sh- big shadow from the community that you've got this game, we know it's coming, and you start seeing how people speculate based on their experiences of the first game. I'm just curious to know what that's been like for you as someone who's, you know, you've poured so much energy and heart into this project. Has it been more difficult in the build-up to this release for that reason? Or... Tiff? I'm busy chatting. What were you saying, Miles? <laughs> do you know what? We'll, we'll do this question later. <laughs> no, no. Go ahead, Miles. I'm listening. I, I was asking the, the, the difference between Saints and Sinners and the sequel mm-hmm. that you're doing now is that uh, with the first one, no one knew the game was coming out, and then it did. Right. And now with the sequel, you've got this fan base from the first game that is now anticipating what the second has been is, is going to be. Has that been more difficult from a, like a personal and emotional perspective? Because there must be some nerves there that you see people speculating and and things like that. Has it made it a, di- a more difficult process this time around? No, that's actually a really insightful question. Interestingly enough, the very first game. We were so stressed out about the fact that we were competing against another Walking Dead Saints and Sinners, not Saints and Sinners, but Walking Dead game, that it sort of put everything else in the in the background for us. With this one, again, there's just a lot going on in the VR space, and it's not our first time having this sort of expectation because we've been doing video games a long time. Um, we've did pancake games before we went to VR. So we kind of know how to handle the the stress, but no, we absolutely do not want to disappoint. We want to deliver a game that we love as much as you all love, or frankly, really, that you all love more than we love. That's what we want. So yeah, there is some pressure, but we're feeling really confident. We really like what we're doing. And if you don't love what you're doing, then you shouldn't be doing it, right? And that's our philosophy. We want to really make stuff that we love. That's an insightful question. I think the landscape certainly has changed. That's awesome. I, I hate I hate saying this. Um, I don't think the landscape has changed all that much that you need to be too worried because <laughs> like quality games don't come along for VR all that frequently. Like I mean, I'm not just talking about PSVR where the the world is your fucking oyster. Like it's it's literally the only game we're gonna get probably in the range of you know in your release window. Like probably there may not be any game a month before it or a month after it. Who the hell knows? Um, but there's, you know, Brian, to your own channel, you've pointed out a lot of games that have come out in this last year that are, you know, they constantly are stretching the bar. It's not every game that's released that's doing that. Right. There's different, you know, there's the arcade games that are not really trying to push the boundaries in that regard. But like Song in the Smoke, Wanderer, these are games that have taken a look at the landscape and said, we can do that better. And for me, not only our game, but all of those games that are coming out that are saying, hey, we could see what they did. We can do that better. That's exciting. That's the part that gets me all excited about the future of VR. So while, yeah, it may feel like a desert in terms of innovation within the space, they're still chipping away at that. And that's exciting. That's cool. Sure. In the, de- in the desert, it's got to be – we have to be hitting a pretty fucking big oasis soon. I mean, PSVR 2 is right around the corner. And – I've said it a few times in the last few weeks here uh, that there's no way Sony's taking the same 
is, is going to go into PSVR 2 with the same mentality as they went into PSVR 1 with. Uh, otherwise, they wouldn't even bother with the PSVR 2. So I, I do think we're about to see the landscape of the VR world change very, very quickly in just a few months' time. Um, I, I, don't, I don't know if you know all of the launch titles, Tiff, but I do, and it's going to be crazy. I don't actually know. I'm just fucking kidding. It, what, what, it, what it does is irritates AJ. He's like, you didn't tell me that. Um, it's <laughs> in anything I can do to get another AJ skin is my favorite thing ever. We got Looper, the underground game cat with the two euros in the chat. Says, sorry, I meant even. He didn't mean odd number of hosts. He meant even number of hosts. We got Looper, the underground game cat with the two euros in the chat. Says, or did I? We- <laughs> Great. We got Firebird Old School with 123. One, two, three. Sekiro's. He goes, one, two, three. Hit the goofball, uh, the like button. Oh, the golf ball. It's not the goofball. I just can't read. Yeah, which I did get. I, I got called out for it twice on the last show, by the way, for not being able to read. Because that horrible article that we we're reading, and it was like horribly written. And people were like, that article's written fine. Duh. Learn to read. <laughs> and I was like, okay. Uh, so just so you know, I read your comments, and I choose to make fun of you instead of accepting your opinion. Uh, we've got Mark Pringlesleaf in the chat with the two quid. says, Tiff, do you have another game lined up after Saints and Sinners 2? Well, this would be the place to reveal it, obviously. The trilogy. Well, here, let me tell you. No, but my because um, I was listening to you with both ears, Brian. Uh, I replied to them in the chat and said, you know, we're all in as a company to VR. And that's all I said. <laughs> so what, awesome. that so what, you're, what, you, what you're saying is End Dreams has nothing on you. Oh, no, I'm really excited about what End Dreams is doing, too. Like, when I hear of, you know, um, all of these, like, fast travel games, all of these uh, developers are saying, oh, we're all in on VR, and they're just super excited I think, oh my gosh, the future is so great, which reminds me, this just in, number one, boxed in, Richard M. Smith, 76, is also in our Discord, Discord, so. And there's also a special surprise for the GameCats in that game. There is indeed. I love, Isn't I, Brian? I love the elaborate, and just... Yeah, can't just can't just place it down over here. Oh, well, there's nowhere to place it, honestly. So I just figured I'd do something a little more interesting. I don't He's know actually trying to give whoever's drilling a paper cut, like a ninja star. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, me. we got while well, it is now. By, by the way, with every single tip that comes through, we're chopping out little parts of the show. <laughs> Uh, well, it is now a game cat specifically white tiger with the Canadian two dollar tip says hi Tiffany. Have you used a PSVR two yet? Impressions? This, there's no way this is embargoed. Yep. <laughs> what's, what's it like? Yeah. So wait, according to that website that you all revealed, it's actually the PlayStation VR second edition. Like there was some sort of weird PS. Yeah. No, PlayStation version two, two or something. Version two, yeah. right? That one plays just like the PSVR. The V two plays just like the V one. How insightful. We got MRI Gamer in the chat with the $50 tip. Says, so happy my bestie made it back to the show. Not even Brian's technical issues could silence her. Although we fucking tried, let's be honest. So (laughs) awesome to see such a talented developer join our community. Know her company's new game will be the number one PSVR 1 game of all time. Sending it off in style. He's got some confidence, huh? You know why? That's because David's my bestie. He's your bestie. Yeah. So real quick, for anybody who doesn't care... He's my bestie because when I first joined the PSVR Without Parole Discord, 
I was talking about, hey, we should do something really exciting here because it was kind of quiet. I think it was late at night. Oh, tornado. Sorry. Looking at your cat, not that there's an actual tornado. Um, anyway, tornado so on my was... <laughs> I'm completely frazzled by the cute cat. Um, anyway, so in the Discord, I was talking about how we should do like a virtual bonfire, and MRI Gamer was all in on that and was throwing in, you know, Brian's shirts and AJ's beanies, and it was a lot of fun. So MRI will always have my love. Anyway, that's for anybody who didn't care. Uh, M- yeah, MRI has a solid spot in this community. We love that he's here. Um, dude, we should probably get on with the show a little bit. Uh, so let's, uh, let's hop over to the first relevant story on our run of show <laughs> and uh, check out this. Nope, that's not it. Uh, <laughs> check out this video from... Digital Foundry, who t- was speculating a bit on the price today of PSVR 2. I know I have it here. I swear to you. It was the thing that was playing oh, when the show you're started. Doing that, mm-hmm. I'll just mention number one, Alvo. Steve is also in our Discord. And a lot of game cats play on that. All right, here we go. Let me see if I can get the sound up for this. Here we go. That's not it. That's not it. That's not it. Found it. A price I think it's going to be a $500 <laughs> headset. Uh, is what well, I think. I yeah, this. I suspect you're right. A new controller and a, a price increase. Yeah, not great. Um, so... Yeah, I guess we're just going to have to see how this one plays out. But Sony isn't doing itself any favors in terms of its positioning to the consumer. So what do you think this means for PSVR 2 in terms of pricing? I think it's going to be a $500 headset uh, is what I think. Yeah, I suspect you're right. Um, And to be honest, I don't really see it as a... a, Although it's a a mainstream um, platform, I'm not sure it's going to be doing mainstream numbers. And I think it's absolutely absolutely fine to to pay for that level of spec because the specs look galactically good so i think this is a case of you pay <laughs> what are your thoughts brian Sorry, just... <laughs> technical issues aren't supposed to be this funny but just uh He's, he's he's basically claiming that uh, he thinks it's going to be a five hundred dollar headset, uh, and uh, and I, I have no idea how much of that played and how much didn't because on my end it was just an absolute disaster. Uh, if you could ever see or hear what I see in here, um, yeah, he was saying it's going to be a five hundred dollar, and he says because the question has always been, is this the headset that's going to take it mainstream? Yeah. And the argument is, if it is five hundred dollars, the answer is no. But with those that are bought into VR they'll pay it because you get what you pay for and it will have all the, I think he said it was galactic in its uh, capabilities, which makes means it will be worth $500, but it, it means that PSVR two will not go mainstream uh, in terms of tapping into the masses of people that have never considered VR before, which that's, that's that, that was his point, right? Right. And so do you, do you two agree with him in, in at, 
starting with the price point itself, do you think this, with Sony raising the price of the PlayStation 5 recently, obviously that's a really bad look, right? If They probably would have been much happier just to launch the PlayStation 5 at $500.19 and $519.99 across the board, all across the world, and then never have to raise the price. It just looks bad when you have to raise the price, right? We ridiculed Facebook for it, ridiculed uh, Sony for it. It just looks bad. So wouldn't they rather want to start out with a higher price point to 100% make sure they never have to raise the price further. I'll let you go. For, uh, well, I mean, for me, it, I, I, I am sure that PlayStation's intention was to make it, you know, maybe $450, maybe $399, £350 in the UK. But I just think with, and I don't want to get into world issues again, but it is just a reality of the economy with inflation and with, you know, if it's coming out early next year across Europe, there's major issues with um, energy and and, and that's going to have impacts on pricing across all aspects of the economy that the idea of it being $500 or 500 pounds is like, well, yeah, it probably could be now because so much is going to change in that time. Um, It's just, it's just such an odd time um, because month on month things change so very quickly. So the idea of $500 actually, I say now, is completely feasible. Um, it's not desirable, but I don't think they're going to have much of a choice. Yeah. What about you? Yeah. Tip? The. Oh, sorry, Brian. I was do it myself, but thank you <laughs> for giving me some space. Um, but you know, Miles, you hit upon something that I think is actually really criti- critical and something that people forget, which is, you know, the world is actually getting smaller in a way. We're because of the internet, because of how visible every nook and cranny is becoming. The things that happen in another country can have a ripple effect, a huge impact on the rest of the world. You know, the war with Russia, the, you know, the economy in other locations, the heat wave across the world, these all have an impact. The pandemic just sort of proved it out, you know, when that became worldwide. Now, suddenly everybody's looking at each other going, hey, I relate to you. You're in the same position I am. And so that is having a sweeping effect across with, like you said, with the hardware, with being able to get um, items out there. We saw it with the spike in the, you know, GPUs and CPUs, and they're trying to level it out. Level it out. They recognize they have to get it out to the consumers, but now all the platform um, and hardware creators are saying, okay, for a long time we thought that this pandemic thing was going to just sort of slow things back down, but guess what? It is not that's sliding glass door on my end, um, <laughs> but now the the reality is hit. This is kind of becoming a permanent state with our um, you know hardware and getting things out to people. So I think that the they finally had to equalize. They said we've taken a hit for too long and now we have to equalize it. So that's to me it's not surprising that everybody had to raise their prices. I didn't know if you wanted to talk about the five hundred dollar price point yet. Brian. Well, just something I want to say on the back of that. Firstly, in terms of, you know, the prices going up, you know, games went up with the PS5 to, I don't know what it is in, in the US, but they're £70 a game now. And actually, when you look at inflation over the last 10 years, the price going up has been long overdue, technically speaking. Um, so they have held off, you know, they have shown a lot of resilience. But the other thing that you mentioned regarding the pandemic was, during the pandemic, it was the first time I really appreciated that gaming is a luxury, is like a, a luxury in life. I think sometimes you take that for granted. 
And um, because when the PS5 was coming out, there was a lot of people struggling with the economy and like it's an expensive piece of equipment. And also with the price of gaming, you realize that it is a privilege to be able to game. And when you look at like the pyramid of gaming needs, you know, a VR headset is even more luxury than a console. And so the idea of it costing more than the console itself, I just think, yeah, in the grand scheme of things. Again, I'm not saying I want it to be the case. I wish it was lower. I just think, unfortunately, it's a, it's a, a bullet that we're going to have to bite. And you know what? Most people in the chat are going to try and find a way to uh, pay for it because without going to specifics, uh, last month I had a massive hit on my finances. You just sometimes have an emergency that comes out of nowhere. It completely wiped out uh, all my savings and then there's the rumors of the showcase happening you know in a week from now and i'm sort of hoping now that the pre-orders don't go on until maybe <laughs> october if it's announced then but if it does in september you know what i'm gonna make ridiculous cutbacks across my finances in what in areas that i shouldn't probably be making cutbacks to make it work because i care that much about vr and i think playstation knows that the people that are going to be buying these headsets first of all are hardcore people like us that are willing to make the sacrifice to pay whatever it's going to take to, um, you know, sell those first headsets that are going to be at a premium price. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I think, I, I think most people have said, oh, I'm just going to pay whatever it is, right? And I, the last thing I want to do is like sit here and be super anti-consumer and say, oh, well, we should we should be the ones that subsidize the headset for people further down the road, right? Like the, the people who are going to buy it anyway should just get totally fucked when it comes to the price. I don't think that's fair in the slightest. Um, but obviously we do want the absolute best headset that we can get. And, uh, you know, we're not, we're not looking, uh, this isn't the same thing as the quest model, right? We're not looking to buy a new headset every two years. Uh, we, Sony does believe in generations and this will very likely be the only headset that we're going to need to buy for the next five years or so. There'll probably be a V2 at some point. There'll probably be a wireless model at some point, but you don't need to upgrade to that. The PlayStation five will be what's powering your games. And so we're not, you're not going to need to do that for the next, the rest of the generation. And so when you look at it that way, when you say, Hey, it's going to be expensive, but it's something I'm going to use for the entire life of the PlayStation five. Uh, it, it kind of puts things into perspective a little bit. I've been saying they can't put it at 500. I've been saying that for, I don't know, probably since, probably for years now. Uh, so I'm really, really hopeful they still do 400. Uh, but, but, but I, I still think they'll be fine at 500. They can lower the price in. 18 months, you know, to, to 450, then 400. Uh, and then, so, and then some of the more mainstream consumers can, can jump in at that point when it's a little more affordable. You know, between the four, I totally jumped in on you, Miles. I'll ping it over to you. I just wanted to interject real quick that the, between just a second. <laughs> what do they think? What do they think about the pricing? <laughs> so sorry. Tiff, um, what, do they, what do they think about the pricing? What, this is my favorite episode of Gamescast ever. Just want to let Tiff, what do they know. think it's going to cost? <laughs> Excuse me, sir. We're going to need you to get on camera. Um, come sit, yeah, down, what do you think come sit next cost? down to the lady in the room. And uh, we're going to have to hear uh, <laughs> I like this. the everyman's the perspective. Vox Pops yeah. on the street. You know, I warned Brian. I said there's going to be chaos. And boy, don't I deliver. Mm -hmm. I say something. I mean it. Um, what I was going to say is between the four and 500 to me, I think that's actually the band. Because I, frankly, I don't know where Sony sees itself. Do they see themselves as a competitor to the Quest? Do they see themselves as a competitor to the PC? Or do they see themselves in their own little untried nobody else has a console vr headset um 
I see. So I if, think I think they see themselves as separate, but I do think that could potentially change in October with what Meta are about to announce. I think that could be a real. I think it could be. I hate using the word game changer in the context of gaming, but it's it's it's, it's relevant. But I, I do think that could be a real shock to the system. Of okay, you know. <clears throat> I will say that the chat's had some good opinions here. Uh, a little while back, Jeeves S. said, if it's $500, they better bundle it with a bunch of games like they did with some editions of the PSVR 1 uh, or the PlayStation 5. Uh, if, if, you're a plus, if you're a Plus subscriber on the play, with PlayStation 5, you get like 20 upscaled uh, PlayStation 4 games, like AAA PlayStation 4 games. Uh, I mean, it was just, it was about as much as a PlayStation 5. Like the free games you got kind of, or the same amount you would have you would have paid uh, if you bought all those games separately. Um, so if they could do the same thing with that on PSVR two, if they could say, "Hey, here's a bunch of PSVR one games that you might not have played, upscaled, remastered. They now use analog sticks, uh, and then on top of that, uh, you know, Samurai Slaughterhouse. Just throw that in. Call it a packing game." <laughs> I'm really, this makes I, me want to ask. This makes me want to ask a really naughty question to Tiff, which is, and I'm going to frame it in a way that's going to maybe give you some wriggle room. But, you know, would Sundance ever consider the Saints and Sinners, the original, that there is actually room for, you know, doing a remaster for the next gen? Or do you feel it's all focused on the new one? Um, I don't know. Do, Do you think that there is actually more that could be done to that original title that is so beloved by so many? You know, Miles, I adore you, and so I adore I you too. To, that wasn't I'm not the question. Pick on you, so I'm going <laughs> yeah. to just move along and say that uh, I don't know, honestly. That's fine. I don't know. Don't I'm not going to do. I'm not going to do a follow up. I'll leave that to Brian. You're not. You're not going <laughs> to pick on him for the Sundance thing. No, I was going to say something about films, but I. Sky I, dance. I, oh I love my Miles God. too much, and I just thought, you know what? That's something I would do, so I wasn't going to pick on them. I can't believe Brian called you out like that, Miles. I Miles, can't I believe not I said that. Listen, listen, listen. Okay. The chat's a little oh, delayed, a but, but they're picking on him right now, so don't worry. Yeah, I know. Dave got That's the cover. thing. As soon as I make a mistake because the chat is delayed, I'm like, I'm just going to have to deal with it no matter what. But I know that was my giveaway because you could have gone, well, I don't know what Sundance will do. We'll have I to know, ask them. I know, but I didn't want to do that because I'm a nice person. Yeah, no, I'm, I am not a nice person. The gloves are coming off tomorrow, Miles. Watch it. It's all been funny <laughs> games up to this gloves. point. I do those flubs all the time and it's like, you know what? Just keep going. You know what I meant. Let's keep going. And I knew what you meant. It was all good. I'm glad you knew what I meant. I didn't know what I meant. <laughs> God. <laughs> All right, well, I mean, I don't really know what else to say except... Oh, no, I do know what else I was going to move us into our main topic, except in the meantime, we got a couple uh, tips. First, from Super Cool Video Bro, $20 tip. Thank you so much. He said, I posted on NVC forum uh, asking opinions on VR and was met with negativity. I was really disheartened and wanted to know if you think non-VR gamers are really going to be convinced to move over with the PSVR 2, especially if it's $500. I think... If you guys don't mind me uh, taking the lead on this answer here, uh, I think that's what hybrid games are all about. I think I think during the PSVR one generation, we saw a lot of games that no one's ever heard of before, and we're all going over here, dude. Shadow Legend is so cool. No, 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 not that Shadow Legend. This Shadow Legend, not Raid Shadow Legend. They're like, oh, forget it. Oh, dude, uh, you know, whatever. And we we're like naming titles left and right that we're like, this is such a great game. Blind Spot, such a great game. And uh, and but everyone's like, what the hell is Blind Spot? 
right? What is this game? What is that game? What are you guys talking about? Blood and Truth, even Astrobot, like Astrobot was a VR title. No one knew what the fuck Astrobot was, right? And we're all here raving about these amazing games, and everyone's like, does it have any games that I want to play that I've heard of that I'm interested in, you know? And and I and so that's what I think the difference is going to be. If if Sony can be is successful with the hybrid model of games and they're able to get things like. Uh, uh, Fortnite and Call of Duty and Grand Theft Auto uh, all into VR, then yes, yes, I think that's going to change the public's opinion on what VR gaming really is. It's not this other thing. It's a new way to play the games that you love. And I think that's what needs to change. And so far, we haven't seen that. Very, very few titles, few and far between, have adopted the hybrid model. I think PSVR 2 is going to change that. Agree or disagree? No, I agree. I agree with that, Brian. Yeah, I was going to say that the... Um, sorry, I'm talking so, on my end. So the... Uh, <laughs> just a second. You guys go what, ahead. What's that tip? <laughs> oh, it's really, it's really okay. He, he, we can hear him, but he's not that loud. All right. So what I was going to say was with the hybrid model, I agree with you. My only concern is like when I watched the... I think it was the Sony... Um, the showcase um yeah, whatever it was the earlier in june yeah state of play and when i was watching pancake gamers who were watching that and of course the, it, they front loaded all of these uh psvr games um it was really interesting to me because they were all like oh, i'm gonna have to buy a vr headset and i thought what's with the sigh like where is where is that coming from and i wondered if there's still that barrier of entry of i have to put it on know get marks on my face mess up my hair whatever the whatever is preventing people from just accepting that this is not a gimmick and it's actually a new wonderful immersive way to game so i i think that the hybrid will be a wonderful um gateway to getting people to kind of go okay you know i got this this is really fun i want to do the next level with it so i agree with you shockingly shockingly um here we got a couple more tips here, so we can move on. Uh, we got so many, so much, so many tips. That's amazing. It really is. Yeah, thank you all for all the support. Um, really appreciate you guys out there uh, keeping the channel alive. Paying for paying for tomorrow's pizza. Uh, while it is now a GameCat, specifically White Tiger with the Canadian five dollar tip. Says unlike PS Five, PSVR Two is yet to be successful at a mainstream level. Five hundred dollars USD will kill it. its chances of going mainstream. Sony should price it at $400 max. Thoughts? I think they know this, and I think a part of their calculation is what we've all touched upon already, which is the people that are going to be racing out to get this are the people that are going to be racing out to get it no matter what. And once they've sold them, they then have an opportunity to reduce the price. I mean, before the PS5 price went up, the PlayStation 5 actually became a profitable item to sell which is very rare in in the first few years of a, of a console cycle is, is they're always sold at a loss um so it was interesting to see them then put up the price um more um if they go with a high price and it sells well with the hardcore fans then that l at least gives them room to reduce the price as opposed to trying to go in lower and then at the risk of then having to put it up at, at, later down the line so yeah yeah, they have to 
And again, I never understand what Sony's doing. Like, I don't know where they get their marketing data. I don't know who they... Like, that's worked for them, even though it's been so frustrating as a consumer. So many times I feel like we've been disappointed, and yet they somehow still come through for us. So I... I have no idea. I'm like the worst person to talk about on this topic because I really want to be informed. And I feel like I'm that Sony is this black box of unknowable. So we could speculate that, again, if they go higher than five, that would, I think, be that would then start putting them into the competition of PC VR. And I don't think they want to compete with them to Miles earlier point about kind of in their own little space doing their own thing and not really seeing themselves as competing with the other two. Mobile, mobile, depending on where you're from, or the Thank PC. You. You're welcome. <laughs> um, let's let's also not forget that um, the, the the price of the PlayStation Five. There was this speculation before they announced it of what's it going to be, and they announced it after Xbox announced what their console was going to be. PlayStation came out straight after, and there was a lot said that potentially. PlayStation knocked off a big chunk of their price to, to be competitive with Xbox. Um, there's a chance that with whatever Oculus is going to, or Meta is going to release uh, in October, that could also make PlayStation consider the positioning of their, uh, their headset as well. So that could, that could be a factor too. Yeah. Do you think Microsoft will jump into the fray if I'm coming up with a completely different question? You're welcome, Brian, going completely off the show. Um, but do you think they'll jump into the fray if two actually proves out and they're able to hit all of those boxes that we want them to hit with bringing in more people, pancake gamers coming to the VR fray? Do you think that's possible? To be honest with you, I don't give a fuck what Xbox does, what Microsoft does. And it's not because I don't like them, right? What my, my, my issue with Microsoft is that like really in their ecosystem, there's not a whole lot of games that I want to play, right? I, I've said. They have Bethesda now. Yeah. And, and, but it's, it's sort of like when, VR. it's sort of like when they bought Rare, right? A lot of people have said, oh, we blame Microsoft for the Rare's demise. But a lot of people in the know on this one will tell you Rare was already on its way out and already suffering. And a lot of, a lot of the most creative people at Rare had already left by the time Microsoft had bought them. So again, Microsoft is doing this too little, too late strategy where they're like, oh, we're just going to buy the successful thing. But no, they were successful already in their times come and already starting to go. And so I don't think we saw Microsoft ruin Rare. We saw Rare already falling apart in, in losing uh, in losing their value, which is why Nintendo had no problem being like, "Yeah, fucking sell these fuckers. There's nothing left here, right?" And I think, and I think a lot of the same thing is happening with Zenimax. We've been watching, but that's in going. Yeah, okay. You know, like my one of my favorite games on the PlayStation Three gener in the PlayStation Three generation was Fallout Three, right? And then and then we all played Fallout Four and went. Yeah. Okay. It's like it's. This is all right. right. I don't. I don't think too many people were blown away by Fallout Four. You know, and, and where the fuck is where, where's where's Skyrim Two? Where's the you know where where's where's the sequel to that game? It's like they. It, no, and, and what was the most recent game they just showed off? Um, that that everybody had been waiting years to see, and we were Starfield. all just, Starfield. We were all super disappointed by. It. We're like, right. No Man's Sky does this shit better, right? Like and so it's I'm not I'm not trying to like I'm I'm not trying to say bad things about 
Xbox. I'm saying I will care about what they're doing when there's games over there that I'm really interested in. I, I had an Xbox One that just collected dust. So I said, you know what? I'm not going to buy a Series X this gen because I wasted my money last time. I gave it to Dez. I just handed it. I was like, here, you can have this. I haven't played this in a year. Right. And so I was like, well, I'm not going to waste my money when there's other games to play. When there's games, I'm like, I need to get an Xbox for this. I won't, I won't waste any time. I'll go buy one. Here's what I want is for Nintendo to get into VR because I love my Switch and I will play Mario Kart VR all day, every day. Right. I want Pokemon VR. The, yes. Po- dude, Pokemon Go in VR would be just, yeah. Right. I still do. I still see people walking around Elm Park in Worcester here playing Pokemon <laughs> Go. That game still has legs. In VR, you could like walk around a virtual world and, and play Pokemon Go with your friends. See, that they're the ones who I think have some creativity and could bring some innovation to VR. Uh, Microsoft, I don't know. I don't. I don't know if they have it in them. I just want to counter a part. I want to counter a part of what you said because I, I do agree with a lot of it in terms of there's rarely been a reason for me wanting to get an Xbox. Like I've never played the Halo games. I've always appreciated them. Gears of War is another an IP as well. But I have to say that when it came to acquisitions, the Bethesda one was the first time that I felt, okay, I might have to consider getting a device to get Game Pass because I'm such a Doom fan. I love Doom 2016, Doom Eternal, and the fact that all new games are now potentially going to be Xbox exclusives. I might not get an Xbox, but I might get Game Pass on mobile so I can play it. Um, and so, you know, I, I just want to give a counter that as a, another gamer, that, that there are moves they've done recently that have made me start thinking quite explicitly, right, I might have to jump into their ecosystem as well. I don't think it's likely, but it's a possibility. I hope so. I, re- I really hope so. Like, I don't want anyone to, out there to be like, oh, man, Brian hates Microsoft. I don't. Like one of my, I love the original uh, Xbox. I, I I have an amazing Xbox original Xbox collection, right? Three sixteen PS three were a little bit too similar, and then I just kind of kept falling off. Um, but yeah, no, I'm, I would be excited to get back into uh, to the Microsoft ecosystem for sure. Well, I agree and disagree with you. But did you want to read a tip first, and then I'll get into my. I want, I want to read a comment. There's so many tips to read, but okay. I'm still, I, I still like to interact with people who don't tip. Uh, one in the chat says, didn't Brian say not long ago something about one of the few flat games that he would play would be a Fallout 5? Um, I don't think so. No. I, I would play Fallout 5 if it was in VR because that would give it the life it needs uh, even if they don't innovate on the gameplay. Uh, but no, I probably wouldn't play Fallout 5. Uh, if, if I hadn't played Fallout 4, then yes. <laughs> but I played Fallout 4. And I was like, you know, I think I'm kind of good with Fallout. I, I thought it was going to be one of the greatest series of all times. And I think it died out a little bit too quickly. Um, go ahead, Tiff, before I get into these tips. Well, what I was going to say was that the thing I agree with you on is the quality bar of Microsoft. It's definitely, so far what we've seen from them is they take something and then sort of say, okay, we just want this to continue running its course until it's over. Um, and that's not necessarily innovative, doing something new. It's just sort of slow, long death. It's like an SNL skit. It just keeps going until you're no longer laughing. Um, (laughs) But the part I disagreed with you on, and I'm not even sure it's a disagreement. I'm just going to say it is because I like being a rabble rouser, which is um, me, the more people or the more companies that get into VR and each of the spaces, I think they're the most 
the tender was a good call out, but I think they're also the most um, direct com competition to Sony because in a lot of ways they're doing similar things on the console compared to Nintendo. Nintendo did their like Wii stuff. You know, Sony tried to do their moves initially for Pancake, didn't wasn't as successful. But I think with VR the tide rises and lifts all boats still. So if we can get more companies Agreed. who have wide reach like Microsoft, it's just better for all of us. So that's, I guess, not really disagreeing with you, but I'm going to say I'm disagreeing with you. I, I totally agree with that statement, though. I, I would like Microsoft to get into VR. Absolutely. I would love them to uh, for the exact reasons you said. Whether I play the, their games or not, it, it, right. it will absolutely help everybody involved. And on that, we have 1,700 tips to read, so bear with me. Wait. Uh, Donatello, the scientist game cat with a $10 tip, says, Professor Lilith wow. says I'm not able to make super chat work. Oh, sorry, Professor Lilith. I've been hearing that from a couple people. I don't know what's going on on YouTube's end. I'll try to figure it out. Uh, so I'll just let you know. This Sunday's multiplayer is Star Trek Bridge Crew, 2 p.m. Eastern, September 4th. All right, you guys. Listen, here's how, here's how multiplayer uh, Sundays work. They are run by Professor Lilith, so thank you very much for keeping up with that. We appreciate you so very much. Love you, Professor Lilith. Yeah! You're amazing. Um, but So get in our Discord. Click the link in the description below. Join the Discord and go to the uh, Sunday multiplayer, uh, whatever it's called, channel, and, uh, and, and, <laughs> and, and let them know that you want to get in on that uh, because... You can only play what four, one, two, three, four people in each uh, on each bridge crew. Mm. Uh, so uh, and, and so we're going to have to start creating groups of people. Uh, but yeah, get in there. Such a great game. If you haven't played it, or if you bought it, or it's just been sitting in your uh, library, redownload it and come play with uh, with us on Sunday, September fourth, two p.m. Eastern. Uh, and I joined them last Sunday for Alvo, and I had an amazing time. It was good playing the new maps, and you just end up chatting with game cats that you don't necessarily always get to chat with. Um, because it's a Sunday, so most people tend to be on, and it's just a really great time. Everyone's really positive. Everyone's just up for trying game modes and helping each other with stuff. It's really good, for sure. A huge shout out to Professor Lilith. Thank you, doing God's work over there. Keeping, you know, because again with the pandemic, I told um, Brian and AJ that for me, it's been a lifesaver. This the Discord, this channel, because I'm connecting to people during that time when we were all quarantined, and now the world is opening up. But I had such tight friendships and being able to play with everybody on PSVR. I remember when we did Zenith, that was just a hoot to see everybody and talk to everybody. The game was sort of secondary. It was just great talking and seeing everybody. So I'll see if I can do this Sunday. Um, normally we have plans for Labor Day weekend, but I want to do bridge crew that I'm a Trekkie. Nice. Yeah. Oh man. I wonder, I wonder, yeah, I guess the only people who have the next generation DLC will be able to play with people who have next generation DLC. I wonder if that'll have to be like a who wants to play with this DLC, who wants to play on the main bridge or the or the original bridge. Interesting. I guess we'll. I'm, I'm sure Professor Lilith has it covered though. Uh, I will not doubt that at all. Firebird Old School with the 50 Sekiros said, "I want to hear. I want to hear Tiffany say in a Monty Python voice." I apologize for this in advance, Tiffany, although I'm sure you're going to love it. I'll do it. Br bring out your zombies. Bell chime. Boom. Bring out your zombies. Ding. Boom. <laughs> no, they bang their heads. Is that what it is? Board. It's been so long yeah. since I've oh seen gosh. Holy Grail. Is that the one? I got you. I got you. Yeah, I got you. Bring out your zombies. Dong. Bring out your zombies. Dong. Just for you. Love that reference. Huh. Love that movie. I'm not dead yet. Okay. Uh, Quiet. I'm not fooling anybody. 
Darth Vader, the game cap, the ten dollar tip says hybrid games are the future of VR. We need more flat games that people know to have. Hold on, we need. See that I do have a problem reading. We do. Have, we need more flat games that many people have. Many people know to have a VR version to show people how awesome it is. Dead Island Two, Sony make it happen. Damn it! Yeah, no, I knew this. I knew we were going to get to Dead Island Two at some point in Darth Vader's tip. I agree with you. Yep. Let's start with Dead Island One, right? Let's let's get Dead Island One first. I, I just sorry. I'm, I'm I'm such a completionist when it comes to games. Like, like if if there's if there's a game in VR. Like I need to have it the, the original first, right? Like I don't, I don't. Somebody said, "Oh, you know, like they should bring Bioshock Infinite to VR." I was like, "Yeah, well, only if they bring Bioshock One and Two to VR first. Like I can't have can't have just a random sequel in VR. Mm. I need the whole series." I don't know. I'm kind of, yeah. They did that with Hitman, right? They did indeed. They did indeed. Uh, Mark Pringlesley for the five quid says. But with the price hike on PS5, will this mean that the PSVR 2 will cost the rest of the world far more than it will be in America? Well, Luke, we don't have to answer that. Lucas Stem- Stemberger explains this to you, Mark, with the $5 tip. says the PS5 costs the same in the U.S. as it does in the U.K., Canada, and Europe. The currency just went down. It's five fifty in the U.K., same as the U.S. with taxes. See? Look at that. Despite the fact that I didn't get a pay raise, and you didn't get a pay raise, and you didn't get a pay raise, uh, the console costs the same as it did before. <laughs> I'm just, I, inflation doesn't make any sense to me, right? It'd be one thing if we were all getting pay raises to account for inflation, but that's not the case for everybody. I'm, I'm, still, I'm still fucking paying more. <laughs> Although I'm not, because I'm in the U.S., so who the fuck cares? Because um, I, I care about everyone who does have to pay more. Dark Angel 3 with a 650 you know tip. Oh. Yeah. No, uh, no, Dark Angel is way more important than me right now. You go. Uh, okay, I'll give you that. Uh, with the 650 tip says, ooh, look at all the pretty colors. Hell yeah. There was pretty colors, Dark Angel, when you did that. I saw it. She was talking about the rainbow of <laughs> tips at the top. <laughs> oh, it very was, nice. It was great. It was pretty. It was awesome. Serial Killer, the ga- thank you, Dark Angel, by the way. Serial Killer, the game cat, has a new game puppy. <gasps> Aww. Yeah. Wait a minute. How come I didn't see that in your video, that? Serial Killer? Serial killer sent me a video for tomorrow's top. By the way, I know what serial killer looks like. Pretty cool, right? Does it look like a puppy? I know what serial killer looks like. I don't. I, I don't think he showed off the game puppy though. I only I skimmed through it very quickly. With a two dollar tip, says Brian, here's money for an extra pair of glasses. Is that because I can't read? Is that what you're trying to say? What are you trying to imply Whoa. here? The same thing that I already hey, said. Look, I I get that because like I have thirteen twenty vision, so I can see outside a leaf. All the colors, but to see the details of my hand or what's on the screen right now, I need glasses. Like, it's just the stupidest thing. I'm like, what's wrong with my eyes that I can't see right in front of me? But I can see really far. So it's backwards day for me. So I had nothing to do with glasses for Brian, but. All good. All good. I'll just squint till I die. I'm good. I need a kitchen before I need glasses. Um, we got Looper, the underground game cat. By the way, I know what Looper looks like, too. I feel so privileged. I feel like I need, I've got all the inside dirt, right? With the two euros, it says Pokemon Go VR. should just be called Pokemon Stay. Whoa, yeah. I like that. <laughs> yep. I'll give you and that. By the way, I still can't stop thinking of what Brian just said and thought that'd be a great band name, Squint Till I Die. <laughs> that is actually awesome. Uh-huh. MRI Gamer with a $10 tip says, per, per, wait a minute, did 
M- oh, M- oh, MRI is also tipping the exact same thing that Donatello tipped. Uh, the $10 tip yeah. says, per Professor Lilith, this Sunday's multiplayer meetup is Star Trek Bridge Crew. Starts at 2 p.m. Eastern, Sunday, September 4th. She really is a game cat to strive to be. I did read that correctly. I don't need glasses. Thank you, Lilith. Mm-hmm. And thank you, MRI. Wow. Uh, did it, does anyone else want to... Uh, for Professor Lilith. Andreas Daria Morale with the $2 tip says Fallout 76 in 11 years of Skyrim reboots. This is how far back we are on tips. That's when I was complaining yeah, about Bethesda. Microsoft stuff. Yeah. yeah. And I will say, I will say, listen, I, I don't want to discount all of Zenimax or all of Bethesda because there's a lot of studios that got acquired in that acquisition. Uh, and, you know, all sorts of things that you wouldn't even think of, like Tango Gameworks, right? With uh, e- uh, Evil Within, is that what they make? I. I like what's going to happen with those games? Uh, not that they were ever great, but they were fun, and I like horror games. And so, yeah, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to keep my eye on what happens over there. And if some of these become an Xbox exclusive, this this may be the tipping point for me, right? Oh, mm. uh, this I guess we guess we weren't going to get through a whole show without this. Ultimate Carnage the Game Cat, which is a fucking fantastic name. Let's be fair. With four and a half quid, says Tiff is lovely. Is she single? Oh, you single ladies. Hi, you single ladies. Hi, you single. No, um, no, I've been married 27 years. And is your other half a gamer? Yeah, he uh, used to be, well, he's been doing games since the early 90s. And awesome. um, if you saw my um, resume of sorts on Moby Games, you should look up um, another Tolman. I'm not going to his name because that would be weird i think but anyway so yeah his he's been doing call of duty spider-man just crazy so yeah awesome but thank you i did do you do you ever go so what about vr (laughs) right you mean with him yeah like around around the dinner table you're like so this call of duty thing is fine but what about vr yeah yeah yeah, you know, he's just not as into it. I get him to play some Quest stuff because then it doesn't require hooking up to, you know, for two people, and so the Quest is a little bit easier. We don't have to set up two PSVR 2s in the house. But that's just it's not his thing right now. He played Cyberpunk. It was a mess. So <laughs> I think that made his whole belief in gaming go down the toilet a little bit. But, yeah, no, I'm still diehard VR. Awesome. Uh, Wally does now game cards came cat specifically a white tiger with Canadian two dollar tips says why is Tiffany so cool? It's I can explain this one for you. It's not so much that <laughs> Tiffany's cool. It's just that by comparison up here on the dais, she's the ghoulest one here. Right? <laughs> if you, you got a, you got a couple of no. uh, a couple of nerds no, like me and Miles. Speak for yourself, speak for yourself Brian. <laughs> yeah, that's not true. I was telling Brian this before. I said, and the reason for the unicorn, in case, again, anybody cares, is because I was telling Brian that I'm kind of a unicorn in the gaming um, world. Here I am, a you know, originally in the 80s when I played board games as a young, young girl, and then in the 90s when we would uh, go to gaming conventions. Like, I'll play any kind of game. I will play D&D. I will do LARPing. I will do card games. I'll do charades, as you know, from last week or not last week the last time i was on with technical difficulties and i was trying to do charades because nobody could hear us oh that was a fun um, day. <laughs> it was 
It was Brian's favorite day, let me tell you. Um, but, you know, being in that sphere, and then also, again, this is probably too much transparency, but you know what? You're welcome, Game Cats. Uh, you know, I'm Christian. I swear like a sailor. Like, it's just, who who does that? Who Who's like that? So I was telling Brian that I'm kind of a unicorn. So that's where that comes from. So, no, I'm not cool. I'm just a unicorn. But thank you. Uh, Ultimate Carnage to GameCat with another four and a half quid uh, has a follow-up question to uh, Are You Married? He says, but is it working? (laughs) 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 So, so listen, in case case the marriage is on the rocks, I think he wants to be first in line is what he's saying. (laughs) You know, check out, what is it now, match.com and just keep. (laughs) Right. That's... Speaking of which, I've been watching this Indian matchmaking, that on Netflix. I don't know why I thought I would be interested in it. I watched both seasons back to back. Like, I mean, Brian got me into Heartstopper, watched that, was obsessed. Now I'm into Indian matchmaking. I don't know. They're all these Netflix shows that are just my jam. That had nothing to do with gaming either. You're welcome. Well, then it's perfect time. That was a perfect segue wasn't a segue even in the slightest, but that makes it funnier. Uh, it's a perfect segue to our main topic, uh, only six minutes after the show was supposed to end. Um, <laughs> Is it bedtime? Yeah, I'm so sorry, Miles. I knew this was going to happen. I'm going to keep right. you up way too long. You know, Don't, don't, don't worry about there. Miles. He's got a seven-hour live stream to get through tomorrow. Don't worry about Miles in the slightest. He'll be fine. You know, just take a nap. I mean, and, I think it was Wes oh, yeah. on their their year end uh, game cast where they had like a eighteen hour live stream of their top games of twenty twenty one, and Wes fell asleep. Um, so you could do that, Miles. You could just fall asleep. And and some people in the chat have just been mentioning I'm a bit quiet state. Just a bit of context. So today for work, I was in a studio in London, and for five hours straight, I was reading. I call it auto cue. I know you call it teleprompter. Brian corrected me before the show. He was like, "Let's slap that British out of you." Uh, uh, uh. I don't know if I was correcting you. I was just you. Yeah. You, 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 <laughs> you had said it and just kept moving on. So I was letting Tiff know yeah. what you no, were talking. No, no, no. About. Yeah. No, I love it. Um, but yeah, so I, I, I did five hours of, I did 55 scripts I'd written in the week and I presented 55 videos in five hours today. And then, so I'm pretty out of it and it's been a very tough week. So I'm, I'm enjoying this chat and also there's three of us. So you've got to make space for the awesome guest because you all know I talk a lot. So enjoy the silence. From that's how we love you. And no, I'm sorry. I probably am talking. No, you're not. You're great. You're great. It's that, that person who keeps coming in with the drill. Excited. <laughs> so all the way back in 1975, a game came out called Western Gun, or that's what it was called uh, outside of the United States. And uh, here in the States, uh, it was called Gunfight. Uh, this was the first game to ever involve uh, violence in video games. It's the first game to ever involve shooting. Uh, and, uh, and, and it kind of goes without saying that. 47 years that have passed since then, uh, guns have become far more prevalent in video games. Uh, the question we're going to ask about today, uh, the, uh, there's certainly a lot of different conversations we can get into when it comes to guns in video games. Uh, you know, everything from the ESRB, everything from uh, violence in video games and how it connects to violence in real life, all of these things. My question is not really about all of that. My question uh, is more along the lines of, are gamers obsessed with guns? Are developers obsessed with guns? And really, isn't it just kind of lazy that this is all we've got? <laughs> what, what's our? What, you've, you've got to admit, 
right, before we even really dive into this, you've got to admit that ever since, uh, I mean, I don't. I don't even want to say like the original Nintendo. I don't want to say like Super Nintendo. It's 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 really one of those things. As graphics have evolved, as game you know, as games have gotten more uh, complicated, uh, more realistic. For some reason, guns have become more prevalent in video games along with that. Uh, why? Let's let's start with this. Why do you think that is? And I'll start with Miles since he's not fucking talking today. <laughs> so for me, when it comes to game mechanics and there's competition or there's an objective shooting games for me is a really clear-cut way of doing it you've got a gun they've got a gun when you take the shot and you take them out it's like you get a point and and they don't and that kind of clear-cut psychology i think is what gives people the thrill of like i've owned you in that moment i killed you or you killed me. I mean, what I find quite interesting is even games like Fortnite. Fortnite, you're shooting people with guns, but the reason it has such a low rating age-wise is because they're not called kills in the game. They're called eliminations. And just using that different language means, effectively, you've got a shooting game, but it's not treated as a shooter. Uh, And so I think that because the popularity of games has always revolved around, you know... It might be an adventure game with some kind of shooting mechanic or it's just a full-on first-person shooter. That is where the market is. And when, you know, game companies have to decide where they're going to put their money, they're going to put their money and invest in what works already. And it's why you see massive developers, whether it's Bethesda, Naughty Dog, um, EA, um, Activision, they're all doing it. And the reason why is there's a market of it. So there's, there's definitely a chicken or egg to it. Um, of like what comes first, but I do uh, do kind of think because it's it's like when we talk about the media, is it that newspapers and the the news media is influencing what people right. and society thinks, or is society's actions and what they demand feeding what the newspapers print and what the media reports on? And I think it is that cycle, and I think it's the same with gaming and, and, and guns. Well, Tiff, can can you pick it up from there? Do you do, is are are is it the chicken or is it the egg? Are, are, are the, is it the gamers that are demanding more games with shooting? Uh, and that's why a lot of these developers are making games with lots of guns? Or is it developers saying, hey, we want to make a game uh, that we think people will like and so people like guns. Let's do that. Uh, which came first? Or what's happening now? I'm going to say yes. No, uh, seriously, though, with regards to... Ma- so break it down in order for people to feel invested in a game, something that you know, they have to have skin in the game. And one of the most effective ways to have people feel like there's something to lose is, of course, your your health bar or your life. Um, we could talk about, well, how come guns have increased in popularity versus other melee-type uh, style weapons or other shooting weapons. And the reality for me is that it's if you look at games like something like Sniper Elite and the slow mo and the fascination with having something that powerful that you're controlling and it's me versus you, the chips are down. Like there's that's just very compelling. And from a design standpoint, it's hard to find that same intensity in other ways of doing games. Like I know there's this game called like Splatoon 
where they tried to do more of a, um, you know, you have basically paintballs that are everywhere. But it's so lighthearted, and it's great for people who don't want to do the gun shooting. The reality is you don't really feel as intensely like this is on the line and that elevated, you know, your adrenaline is rushing and it's, you know, me versus you as you can with well, firearms or things that have a long, long, long range and explosive, really um, intense impact. So I don't, I think it's our nature to find a vicarious way of expressing um, and, and for some people decompressing because you're able to do that when in real life. I don't know the data, but there's not like a ton of people who I think own guns. Um, generally, gun Gun ranges are there for a reason where people can go in and feel that massive power in their hand and shoot it. So I think there's just something very thrilling about having that amount of firepower in your hand that you control. It just That just happens to be the way we manifested it. It was through this invention called the gun. I might be talking out my butt, but that's what I think about guns. I mean, there's, there's certainly a level of power fantasy, right? So you, you get in there and here's – and for a lot of people, I think guns are something that they don't interact with every day. That for, – for me, it's the same I, – I this might sound weird to some of our audience who, who maybe are, you know – I don't want to use the word gun nuts because some people are just gun enthusiasts. Some people are just they, – they enjoy going to a shooting range. There's all sorts of levels of gun enthusiasts out there. Um, but – so some people are intimately familiar with weapons, know exactly how to reload a gun. Uh, I, however, am not one of those people. That's not, I, you know, gun, guns are not a big part of my life, even in the slightest. So uh, guns to me might as well be a magic fucking wand, right? Might as well be a book of spells, spell casting. So for me, it is actual fantasy, not power fantasy. It's just this is something I get to do in a game that I don't get to do in real life. Um, I think maybe it's... I think I, I I would love to see the number of people out there who you know who do interact with guns in everyday life and and come home and want to play a game where they're shooting people, right? Do people in the military uh, who have gone through wars, you know, actual uh, actually gone to other countries and actually had to engage uh, in combat? Do they come home from from missions and, and go, man, I can't wait to play some Call of Duty? I'd be very, very curious to hear about that because for me, the fantasy is what's great about it. It's like, oh, yeah, these things are fucking dangerous. And uh, and, and just like I wouldn't wave a wand at somebody in real life and I wouldn't wave a gun at somebody in real life. But, man, this is so cool because I get to do it in a video game. And that's what video games are all about is getting to do crazy shit. Uh, and, so it, it, and so for me, yeah, it, it is uh, – thank you, Adam, in the chat. 30 to, 30 to 40% of American adults own a gun. And so – yeah, so I mean, I'd really, I'd really love to hear like what the stats are. If those people, if those people like, you know, come home and go, I want to fucking play a game with guns, because for me, it's all about the fantasy. I definitely think that's that's definitely a big part of it as well. And I was I was thinking also more about the idea of like game mechanics of like what are the biggest game mechanics in mainstream games. And Tiff could totally correct me on this because. I could be completely wrong. But when I think about it, I'm like, there are two main things that happen in games for the most part. One is traversal. It's getting from A to B. 
So that is going over obstacles or trying to find the right path or do the right objectives to get you from A to B to C and so on. And then the other mechanic is hitting a target. It is um, in a sport, it's getting the ball in the back of the net. It could be, um, you know, shooting guns. Um, That is the real fun objective for a lot of people. And there was this article that when Brian mentioned this topic that we were going to be speaking about today that came to mind and I managed to find it because it was from a couple of years ago, um, which I can put in the chat. And it was called The Last of Us 2 epitomizes one of gaming's longest debates. And it was talking about violence in gaming. And it also talks a a lot about guns. And I just want to read like these four paragraphs, um, which I'll do quite quickly. I've done lots of reading today, so I'm well practiced. (laughs) But I think this is a really good summary of sort of the history of gaming and how we've got to where we are. Um, and I'll just put the link in the chat before I start reading it here. Uh, yeah, can you do me a favor and throw it into the Discord as well? Because yeah, I had cool. that handy, now I don't. I've just put it in the one with the three of us on chat, yeah. Thank you. It's on Polygon. Um, really interesting article. Um, so halfway down it says, In video games, shooting stuff has been a beloved dopamine hit for nearly four decades. Points at something, pull the trigger, and watch that something explode. Uh, de- uh, dematerialize or ragdoll uh, down a flight of stairs, shoot and kill, cause and effect, reduced to its simplest form. Early 3D first-person shooters from Doom and Rise of the Triad to Unreal and GoldenEye 007 found tremendous success because the majority of the best game designers made shooters. The genre rapidly improved, getting AAA video games stuck into a self-fulfilling loop. Shooters became the most polished games, so they sold better, thus publishers greenlit more and better shooters which sold better. In the 1990s and 2000s, game publishers built all sorts of shooters. First person, third person, shoot-em-ups, shooters with campaigns and multiplayer. Hell, even puzzle games got guns. But by 2007, critics began to express something like shooter fatigue. A majority of gaming publications in that year awarded Game of the Year not to Bioshock, Portal, Modern Warfare, or Mass Effect, they gave the honour to Super Mario Galaxy. Despite the unprecedented success of the shooter genre, the creators of shooters seemed similarly burnt out. They started telling serious stories about complicated heroes and heroines, stories that ignored the fact that the protagonist had slaughtered hundreds of people along the way. And that's why in 2007, game critics could not stop talking about, and it's called uh, ludonarrative dissonance, which was a term and it's talked in the context of like Uncharted um, and what Naughty Dog was doing. Uh, but Ludo narrative dissonance, to sum it up briefly, is the idea that you have a disconnect in games between narrative functionality and gameplay functionality. So an example is you're playing, I don't know, an open world RPG and you're on the final mission where the boss is about to destroy the entire world. And so you have to go there and save the world. Okay, that's the narrative part. But the gameplay part is there's loads of side missions you still haven't done yet. So you're going to spend 12 hours doing side missions of helping a kid find an apple that he's lost or something like that, which there's this disconnect and it doesn't make sense. And they're saying that that happens a lot in games now where you get a game like Uncharted where the hero is Nathan Drake that everyone admires, but the mechanic in the game is shooting and he massacres hundreds and hundreds of people in this game. Uh, and so violence, it's not because the games want to be violent. It's just the mechanic of shooting people is something that we all adhere to and support as gamers. 
Um, but yeah, what are your thoughts on that, the article and, and, and that kind of notion of just violence and, and shooting is just like the easiest mechanic to build a game around? You know, the, so here's, there's, there's several threads to pull at that. Going back to what they were saying about how people were really excited about the shooter games in the 80s and so the 90s saw this explosion. Well, that's, you know, why do we see Marvel movies back to back to back? Why do we see, you know, franchises that people are familiar with being constantly regurgitated? And it's the same thing with, I think, certain mechanics in games that are really popular. Uh, First-person shooters were just exploded, and now that's what we're going to get more of because, you know, we as gamers have demanded more. So for me, um, going back to part of that article in terms of violence, I think, I think you know, Awesome Tatum is in the chat, and, you know, there's this is somebody who's... Um, a you know, veteran, people who have fought for their country. Do you equate those with murders? No. You know, that's intention. It's a huge difference. And what's the intention of the game? What is it trying to set you up to do? Um, I mean, in Uncharted, I, I, he's I, just trying to go steal some treasure. <laughs> so he's not right? he's not fighting for the freedom of a country or something like that. He's just, he's like, he's, he's just a dude going out selfishly. To make a few bucks, right? Isn't it going up against bad guys? Like, aren't isn't that like the? So it's like from me the perspective of the protagonist. It's you're always going to say, "Well, I'm the good guy." Clearly, unless you're playing Grand Theft Auto and it's very obvious. But you know, I'm the good guy, and you all who are preventing me from getting to my goal are clearly the bad guy. So, you know, there's that. Yeah, go ahead, Brian. I mean, doesn't that make it a little bit more fun to be like, I mean, because I've never looked at Nathan Drake and been like, boy, here's somebody I look up to. He's my hero, right? I kind of be like, wow, he's kind of a douche, right? <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know, but he's he's the necessary evil to, to convey the storyline and convey the gameplay. It's like, he, this is, and that's totally fine with me. I've never once looked at Nathan Drake and been like, yep, he's a hero. Is, but but I but he is fun, right? He's just like he's total dis- yes. total disregard for human life, total disregard for anything other than his selfish needs, and uh, and and I'm like, you know what? But that's but that's what video games are, right? I don't misunderstood, yeah. Brian. Well, but I don't. I, <laughs> but that's the thing is I I don't. This is one of the many reasons why video game narratives have not been nearly as successful. Uh, as I, despite the fact that they're trying to be on the same level as movies, uh, or that they're trying to be on the same level as you know more respected types of sport, uh, storytelling, there's always gonna be this ludo narrative dissonance that you guys were talking about earlier. Where, where it's just I'm sorry, it's like where where in any book have you been like, and for the next forty pages, our main character is just going to kill this person, then kill that person, and kill this person. Then I hid behind the rock and I shot that guy, and then I jumped off a cliff and I took this guy down, and then I stabbed this guy in the back of the throat with a knife. It just page after page after page. You're like, I'm sure there's a book out there that's been written like that, but I haven't read it. This certainly isn't how most stories are told. You know, even even action movies. It's like how many people really get killed throughout the course of them, right? Like our hero in the action movies, they're not killing. What about John Wick, hundreds. John Wick is like a computer game movie, though. I'd say okay. probably. I haven't seen them, but it is like just Keanu Reeves massacring people because they 
so someone that right so i'm sure i'm sure you know i'm sure there's i'm sure there's great examples of things that are completely opposite to the thing i'm trying to express right now but like yeah it's just it's just really really hard when you're when you're when the basic fundamental gameplay element in your game is shooting the bad guy it's like i can't think of too many situations uh outside of like something that's you know wartime uh that that, that's going to make that person a hero and that, but that's okay. That's about, okay. What do you mean? What? What? I completely disagree. Like, okay, now again, it might be based off of your perception as a player going in. But, you know, um, I'm right now talking as a player, Tiffany, not developer Tiffany, because developer Tiffany says I wouldn't want to work on a game that is something like Grand Theft Auto. I think that's a terrific game. I'm glad it's out there for po- folks. I would never have wanted to work on that. I just, that's not, I don't find that to be entertaining from my perspective. But... As a player, when I pick up a game like Nathan Drake, like my first thought was, okay, this is a misunderstood Indiana Jones. And Indiana Jones, in my mind, was this, you know, great uh, explorer who only had to kill people because he was trying to, you know, protect his own life or protect people he loves. So a lot of the games where uh, that I can think of along the lines of what you're saying is you've murdered somebody like John Wick. And so there's this vigilantism probably due to a general dislike or feeling of frustration about our current armed um, police officers and the job that they're doing for us. So people are like, look, I'm not going to go through the judicial system of whatever country I'm in. I'm going to go ahead and go out there and do justice myself. And there's something very living vicariously through that and feeling like, look, I was able to dispense justice. I was able to right wrongs. I was able to get the cool, shiny thing, you know, for my family because these other people were going to use it just for, you know, glory or their own riches or whatever. So, yeah, for me, when I get into these characters, I'm always thinking of what's the intention. And if I'm feeling a disconnect, then I, you know, I don't play them. But that's just me. Yeah, I see a lot of people in the chat like defending Nathan Drake right, and saying, "Well, what about what about this moment in this game, or what about this in, in this game?" And it's like I, I don't. It's no offense to anybody who's trying to defend Nathan Drake out there. I think you're missing my point. My point is is we don't have to look at him as a hero to enjoy the game. We can just have fun, get in there, and and not yeah. read too deeply into this stuff, right? I think I I think this conversation. I think immediately people. I were, see what you're saying. I, I think immediately when people saw the headline, they were like, "Oh man, these guys are just going to talk shit about guns for thirty minutes straight." And it's, and it's for me, that's not the case whatsoever. I'm like, I have a blast getting into games and shooting people, and I and yep. because I don't take it too seriously, right? I do yep. view video games as art, but but you know, but sometimes the storytelling, I can kind of see why people, why other people don't view it as art because. It, because things don't line up the way that they really need to in order for Nathan Drake to be our actual hero, right? And that's fine. That's fine because I love killing tons of bad guys. Uncharted 4 is shit, but that's beside the point. 1 through 3, we're <laughs> awesome, right? I, w- I will say, though, that Naughty Dog did with Uncharted 4, and I'm not going to go into specifics because some in the chat were saying they've not played it yet, and I definitely think it's worth playing. It shows maturity with that franchise, and they'd learned a lot from The Last of Us. Um but it seemed like they were wrestling more with making Nathan Drake seem a bit more grounded. However, The Last of Us, one and two, they really gave weight to when you were killing people, it didn't necessarily feel good, which is why they had the clickers and stuff like that. Like they had the thing in um, The Last of Us Part Two that when you killed people, 
others would come over and they would actually say the names of like Jeff, <laughs> just killed Jeff, and you're like, oh my god, that's like, I don't, and 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 genuinely speaking, some people didn't like the Last of Us Part Two because it was so relentlessly yeah. brutal, and and that goes to the point. They might be people that love shooters, but they're like, yeah, I like shooters, but I don't want to feel like I'm actually massacring like people and like it's 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 really horrible but yeah for me shooters have always been my favorite thing i grew up on doom and you know wolvenstein um i'm i do play call of duty from time to time i'm not a huge call of duty fan mainly because i'm i'm just terrible at it now um but um yeah shooters are the biggest part of all the games that i love to play um because go ahead miles I was just going to say, when in scary games, I want to have a gun to shoot back at whatever the scary thing is. <laughs> right? No, absolutely. You know, I don't want just a candle. <laughs> like on the flip side, I'm thinking of something like um, you know, we're talking about. I'm going to re- rewind a little bit. Sure. Why are people upset about guns in video games? I think that's really for me the crux of the issue because if. I think if there wasn't something that was resonating in our society, you know, even globally, it wouldn't be an issue. So first of all, I think we should always be asking this question. You know, I think it's, I think it is fair to ask developers, you know, to make sure that they're not putting something out there without any care to who might be getting their hands on it. That being said, I'm not a fan of censorship. I think we have a rating system. Mm-hmm. I think we have... Um, you know, as a as a mom, when my kids were growing up, my son really wanted to play Call of Duty, and I let him. Why? Because he was so not a stereotypical aggressive boy that I wanted to see how he would do with it when I felt like he was ready. And he handled it fine. And then his friends wanted to come over, and I would tell their parents, hey, we have this game. Is that okay? And some of them said, no, that's not okay. Okay. We're not going to play that. And you have to respect that. And I was really proud of these parents for being involved in their family, in their family's lives, their kids' lives, and saying, these are our boundaries. I think the problem comes, probably getting too esoteric here, but I think the problem comes where we have a, a disconnect between what we have a cultural weakness, I think, in America specifically, where we have people who are used to having external controls that censor and do the job of barring certain kinds of media to our kids or to those that shouldn't have their hands on things. And the more that we've allowed freedoms, Suddenly now the onus more is on the individual and the people around them to say, look, this is not for you. And I think we haven't transitioned there. I think too many people are still pointing fingers externally saying, you need to censor this. You need to do this. And I'm just not a fan of that. I I like the freedom, but we have to figure out how to help people who don't have the bandwidth do that for their loved ones who shouldn't be doing things. Yeah, when I was when I was a kid, I hated the ES, ESRB because I hated how kind of it came to be with uh, the the whole Lieberman thing and talking, you know, the, uh, with government getting involved and Night Trap and Mortal Kombat coming under scrutiny. It's like, and, and, you know, even back then, I was like, really, this is what you're getting upset about? This is ridiculous. I, those games didn't even involve guns, right? But but get, as I got older, I, I kind of started appreciating the fact that the ESRB was in place so that like responsible parents can decide uh, if their kids should be playing. Um, 
whatever it is, violent games or, or games with sexual content or whatever it is. Um, and so that anybody who thinks it's acceptable can keep doing that without the government interfering or without other people interfering. Like one of the things I hate most in this world is when other people tell you what you should and shouldn't be doing in the privacy of your own home, right? That we need to live by their ethics, that their moral barometer is somehow more accurate than mine, right? It's one of my least favorite things in life. And when it, and somehow that crept into video games. And so the fact that the ESRB can kind of like allow um, us to keep playing the stuff that we want to play without censorship. And there are examples, of course, where like censorship comes into play. I understand that. But for the most part, we're getting to play what we want. People can choose to play what they want because they have the information at their fingertips. Uh, choose what's right for your family. Choose what's right for yourself. Um, and I'll choose what's right for myself. No, that's well, very well said, Brian. And I think it's just important to note that, you know, it's not just guns, because when I was a kid, I kept headbutting a brick, hoping a big mushroom was going to come out, and it never did. So, <laughs> you know. You are my favorite person ever, Miles, for trying to make real, you know, that, that Super Mario into a real-life experience. Oh, that's I fantastic. Oh, Super Mario, yeah, 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 that's why I did it. Oh my gosh! I always, you know... I always disappoint Brian with my dry humor, and I die a little inside <laughs> every time I see him die a little inside. You know, we're just chipping here's... off each other's life expectancy <laughs> with, with disappointment. But here's another thing: like, if you, I remember, I was. What were you going to say, Brian? I could hear that you were going to say something. He was just going to sigh. No, really no, no, loud. no. I tried <laughs> lot, lot, long before there was a Miles Dyer on this show. There was a Jeremy King and a Michelle Veracchione. So. Trust me, everyone's trying to chip away at me. <laughs> no matter who the co-host is, they really just—they really <laughs> just want me to die an early death. That's all it is. <laughs> oh man! But you know, here, here's something interesting because, again, um, not related to guns, but let's say we're talking about moral dilemmas. Look at okay, everybody who doesn't want to be spoiled about Knights of the Old Republic. If you haven't played it, I'm so sorry. But um, like Kotor, you could decide to be. Uh, I think the side of light and do a bunch of stuff that is really, you know, good in the, you know, in the light side of the Ford force, but you could also do stuff that was dark side. And I remember a friend of mine was trying to do the dark side and there were some really dark things that you could do on the dark side of the force. Like, correct me if I'm wrong chat, but there was like something where you could actually decide the fate of a father in front of the son, or, I mean, it was, really dark and he couldn't finish it like he said i really wanted to reach max dark side of the forest and he just couldn't do it so you know people who can do that does that mean that they're somehow evil no they just were able to kind of explore that that storyline that narrative and see and get entertained by that that to me is what we're doing we're entertaining if what we're creating isn't entertaining then people really need to, we have to own our voice. We need to speak up and say, I'm not buying that. You shouldn't buy it. I'm Band with me. Let's not buy it. And guess what? Our voice is growing. And now guess what? Companies won't put out content that you disagree with because nobody's buying it. So, you know, consumers have power. Sure. Vote with your wallet. Yeah. Yeah. I really like we. We're lazy. I, 
I really like what you were saying, and I've I've not played that game, but I I think about um you know games where you choose sort of the path for like Detroit become human, and you play like a lot of different characters. I can, and I know there's some people that have said this in the chat as well. I could never bring myself to make one of the characters absolute scum. I would always have make. I'd always try and do the best for them all, and you know maybe. I just need to, you know, massage that, that, that evil muscle a bit more in my head. And some people love it. They're like, oh yeah, I always like to do the dick moves in all these games. And, you know, that's the fun of it. That's the spectrum of things. Different people experience games in different ways and having that, those options, because, you know, we're talking a lot today about the, the topic, which is guns in games, but those aren't the only games that are out there. There are people that don't like guns and therefore they'll play. Um, and th- this article that I mentioned earlier talks a lot about a lot of indie developers have made a lot of games where they remove the guns um and you know we saw this massive um insurgency of like what people call walking simulators which some people use as a disparaging thing i don't actually find it disparaging like and i think in vr walking like experiencing these worlds and that and walking around i think it's really really cool so um there's something there for for everyone uh agreed a couple things real quick here. Loopy the Underground Game Cat with the five euros says, I love games that discourage casualties, like Hitman or Death Stranding. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm well, actually, H- H- Hideo Kojima um, said in the lead up to um, Death Stranding, he, he um, mentioned the stick and rope approach. He says he was talking about sticks are what are usually used in gaming, which is you're beating away, like shooting, you're hitting things. And the objective of Death Stranding was to create a game where it's about a rope. It's about pulling things towards you and building connections. Now, that's him just being, you know, his philosophical self. But I thought it was an interesting exploration of, you know, what a lot of gaming does do. Um, And there's a lot of it in that game. Um, Frank Frank the Bunny brings up something in the chat. Uh, Frank the Bunny 666. I love that name. More specifically. Are you a Donnie Darko fan by any chance? I've never seen the movie. I know. Don't judge <gasps> my, me. I haven't seen Beetlejuice. I haven't seen a lot see, of do, See Donnie Darko. It's my all-time favorite. Yep. And then if you're like my brother and my sister-in-law, they're like they're going to they're gonna be like, we watched Donnie Darko last night, and we're never going to trust your judgment on anything ever again. That movie was fucking terrible. And then I said in response, well, now I know not to trust your judgment on anything because the fact that you didn't like Donnie Darko means that your judgment on movies is pretty fucking terrible. Um, so now we, now we have a running joke in my family that they hate Donnie Darko and, uh, and that I'm going to recommend to everybody that I ever meet. Um, so Frank, the bunny six, six, six in the chat says, I mean the same, he's talking about, uh, how everybody kind of followed suit with first person shooters. He says, I mean the same with fighters and the arcades, one cabinet, like street fighter or mortal Kombat, starts eating quarters and the rest of the market follows lemmings. Like in a way, this is interesting because when you kind of look at the history of video games, uh, early video games weren't about shooting, not a lot. You know, there's always going to be guns, uh, here and there, but in the 80s, there were a lot of shoot 'em ups. 90s was like the era of platformers. There was like everybody was gravitating towards certain genres uh, for like, you know, half a decade, a full decade, like all over the place. And then, you know, we get to RPGs and then first person shooters come along. Uh, you know, there, there were ones before Wolfenstein and Doom, but those were the ones to really bring it into the mainstream. And it feels like ever since then, that's been where the industry stopped. It was like we're gonna we're gonna hit everything's gonna be a first person shooter with different elements. Oh, this one's gonna have some. This one's gonna have more storytelling. This one's gonna have more RPG mechanics. This one's gonna be this. This one's gonna be that. This one's gonna be military theme. This one's gonna be fantasy theme. This one's gonna take place underwater in Rapture. It's but they're all versions of first person shooters. 
is this where the industry stops or do, or do we eventually move on from this? Does do, do we eventually get sick and tired of shooting guns all the time and we find a new fascination that the industry latches onto? What do you think, Tiff? Um, I think yes and no. I think that, so let's go back to Wolfenstein. I remember when that first came out and I was entranced by it, not being a person who is really into uh, Street Fighter and those uh, arcade machine games. I was into the Olympics, if anybody remembers the Olympics uh, coin-op machine where you had to hit the two buttons as fast as possible. And they, the reason why I loved it is because they had the national anthem for every single country. So I always picked a different country to be. So if I won, I got to hear the national anthem. So, yeah, everybody, that's how old I am. Anyway. <laughs> I, just, I just can't believe I don't know what you're talking about. That's the crazy thing. Uh, yeah, you have to look it up. Anyway, so the um, with regards to Wolfenstein, it was cool because suddenly that was the first time they were showing you a visual – that I remember. They were showing you a visual representation of how trashed you were. Like you would get hit a couple and suddenly your face is changing. There's a little bit – and then it's like – and then you have all these bruises and stuff. And it was so – cool like it just instead of it being a bar you really were able to relate to that so because more money in my opinion is pouring into first person shooters because of the success that the games are having that's where the talent is going so they're being more innovative and they're pushing through that once we find something else that people love that suddenly the masses are gravitating towards the people the creatives will get in there, they'll start innovating, and that will be the new shiny toy for us. And I'm hoping it'll be in VR. I don't know if that completely answered your question. It probably didn't. I kind of cheated by sort of saying yes and no, but that's my, that's my answer. What do you think, Miles? I don't really have – I honestly don't have a lot to add to that. I, I, I think um... – yeah, no, I, I don't. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in in all fairness, I asked the question, and I have and I have no idea. I do think that uh, we've been stuck on this whole first person shooter uh, genre for quite a while. Um, and again, there's been a lot of innovation in the genre. I don't want to make it sound like, oh, geez, this again, right? There, there is Call of Duty fatigue out there. There is certainly, um, mm. you know. Uh, Different different people complain about different different games and say, oh, they're just rehashing the same game every year. But still, when you look at it, Grand Theft Auto V has been the best-selling, not even Grand Theft Auto, a new iteration of Grand Theft Auto. Grand Theft Auto V has been the best-selling video game uh, for what we're in our third generation now, right? It came out in the PS3 360 era, right? It was the best-selling game of that generation. It was the best-selling game of the PS4 Xbox One era, and now it's beginning to be the best-selling game of of the PlayStation five series X era. It's insane. It's absolutely insane. So it's, it's not even like they're, we've been on this for a while is what I'm trying to say. And, and I, and I think it's going to take, I think it's going to take some real innovation. I think some people are going to have to take some huge risks. Uh, and I don't think, I don't think, I don't, I don't think I will ever see the first person shooter genre go away. I just, uh, I just think that, it's going to take some innovation to keep people interested in the genre, right? And there, once upon a time, you know, I remember when uh, when every game started adding RPG mechanics, 
right? We're like, holy crap, Tiger Woods has an RPG system now? Right. Like, I'm, this is, what the hell is going on? Like, no no one cared about RPGs before Final Fantasy VII. No, not here in the West, right? Um, and the people who did, fucking hats off to you. I wish I was one of you. Uh, but but I, I feel like we'll start at some point. Uh, at some point, it won't be really the main genre anymore. And, and I think that a lot of genres like won't even exist anymore. I think, I think there's gonna be so much melding and so much merging of genres that to compete, you're going to have to be more than just a first person shooter. You're going to have to be, you have to, you're going to have to tell a great story. You're going to have to have far more mechanics in your game than just shooting the bad guy, because we've done that so many times. Uh, I, if you're not sick of it yet, I'm going to assume that at some point you will be, I got, I, I started getting sick of flat screen games uh, right around the time PSVR came out. Uh, I was like, man, do I, you know, PlayStation 4 was cool, but it wasn't doing anything wildly different than games had done before. I was like, yep, we've done this before. Third person games, first person games, it's just the worlds are a little bit bigger. They're in slightly higher resolution. And I was losing interest in video games for the first time in 37 years. And I was like, this is crazy. This is crazy. Am I going to have to say goodbye to my hobby? Am I losing interest? Am I just going to play less video games than than I did before? How is this all going to pan out? And then PSVR came in and changed all that. And so I do agree with you, Tiff, that, that VR is going to really help uh, some of these things just become more interesting, just inherently because it's in VR. But I also think that as VR catches up to flat screen gaming in game length, game complexity, that we're going to see that same fatigue happen in VR too. Um, so... I think we're at an interesting crossroads. I don't have any answers, but I, but I kind of just can't wait to see where it goes. Yeah, I mean, you talk about evolution of innovation. You know, turn-based, uh, third, what do they call it, isotopic, isotopic whatever that top-down view of a map. The turn-based strategy game came back with um, Demio on the quest, but... It, it turned into real-time strategy. Like, people were sort of mm. impatient with turn-based. They're like, all right, this is really boring. And then real-time came along with, like, Age of Empires and War of Warcraft and now League of Legends. Like, all of this real-time strategy kind of um, moved turn-based into the background, much to my dismay because I really liked <laughs> turn-based. But... I'm I'm getting with it, uh, but in any case, you know now people who really love turn-based strategy games have to find new and innovative ways to try to bring that back to the foreground, or have we moved on? And I think you're right about um, first-person shooters. The same thing. Once it starts to get overshadowed by something, people who want to do first-person shooters will have to find something unique and new way of presenting it in order to become noticeable again. So yeah, I agree with you. Shockingly, Brian. Uh, Looper the Underground Game Cat in the chat with the five euro says, I was actually avoiding games with shooting before VR. London Heist changed everything. Well, that actually goes was... back to the very first viewer takeover question of the day, doesn't it? That is that is true. I, I, I was just trying to think, um, based on what Tiff was talking about, you know, going from turn-based to real-time strategy, that's even happened more recently. You think of, like, established IPs like Final Fantasy... Final Fantasy VII Remake had the more, you know, you could still play the turn-based, but they had the sort of the real-time gameplay where you they sort of did this amalgamation of the two, which was a really interesting modernization, which I know they do in a lot of Final Fantasy games now. But the other thing I was going to mention was when we're thinking about innovation, as you were talking about, Brian, yeah. I was trying to think of, like, 
what was the last breakthrough genre of gaming that took the world by storm and i could be wrong here but i think it is the battle royale genre um because um you had um who was it was it ea that made um uh what was their um first person shooter um it was the three player um it's a massive uh battle royale game it's not it's not a war zone it's um did you just say three uh, player battle royale i'm i'm so about for vr it's it's i i'm talking about it's not fortnite it was um apex um apex legends yeah, is it Apex Legends? Yeah, that'll be it. Okay. So that came out as a brand new. I think it was EA. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, but um, sorry. Yeah, yeah, Apex Legends. Um, so that came out, and all, all this investment went into it, and then you had Warzone, which is doing well. But what happens? The shooter element, which is so popular, then infiltrates it. You've got the third person shooters like Fortnite, and you've got the first person uh, as well. Um, but Interestingly enough, in the last couple of weeks, I played this new Epic Games Battle Royale game called, uh, um, is it Roy, um, Royal Rumble? It wasn't Royal Rumble, some, Rumbleverse. Uh, and it's a wrestling Battle Royale game. So it's still via, like, they're still attacking people, but there's no guns in it. It's just like doing wrestling moves in this massive city. And it's kind of cool, but it's like, is that really how far you're going to get away from shooting when it comes to battle royale because ultimately it's about there's a hundred of you or however many there are to begin with it's got to narrow down somehow i don't know maybe they could do it on a racing game where there's a hundred cars on a track and if you are last on that next lap you get eliminated they kind of have stuff like that for, for years already but um yeah i mean look wherever the genre dominates everyone else moves in and if the biggest ips are shooters they're then going to put all that investment in, dominate it, which then others are like, oh, we've got to follow suit. Because actually, Fortnite wasn't even the first. It was um, PUBG, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I got to say, I'm a little bit disappointed that we don't get have uh, any wildly successful uh, Battle Royale games in VR over on our PlayStation VR side. I know that Pop 1 was pretty popular on Quest, and uh, I never Red got into that. Right, yeah, Rec Room. Rec- I will say, I spent a lot a of time. Twelve players. <laughs> it, no, <laughs> no, no, no. Eighteen, 18 yeah. yeah, yeah, it had to have been. Yeah. Um, I, and I, and I think I can't remember what my first battle royale was. Uh, it could have been Rec Royale, and I was like, this is fantastic. Like, this is the kind of because I'm, I've said it before. Like, I, I'm not huge when it comes to team based stuff. Like, when it comes to any kind of first person shooter, whenever there's a deathmatch thing, I don't want to do team deathmatch. I want to do free for alls because. I am going to bring my team down, especially for the first, like, like you know, for the first twenty hours that I play, I'm going to have the worst, the worst uh, KD ratio on my team, and so uh, that's why that's why I think that battle royales are so much fun, right? Because I'm like, yeah, I could totally suck, uh, but I get to play with a whole lot of people, and uh, and if I do really well, it's all on me, and if I do really bad, well, it's on me. My team, I'm not dragging my team down, uh, and so I, I could really, really. Uh, I could really use some. Yes, Albo in the chat. Albo Royale. Do it, man. Do it. PSVR 2 launch title. Make it happen. I genuinely no. think whoever whoever makes a Battle Royale VR game with like fifty like a significant number of players, I think that's going to be huge. Yep. And I just feel like we are tinkering close to a big IP moving into the VR space. Spoken about Call of Duty. I think Fortnite's going to get into VR. 
Um, do you know, actually, the amount of friends of mine who stopped didn't really play much Fortnite because the building mechanics they didn't like, hmm. they've all come back because of the no build mode. And I'm curious to know, actually, the no build mode, I think, has brought a lot of people back to Fortnite. And I think that is a great starting point for the VR component, you know, without all the crazy building stuff. So it's going to be interesting to see in the next year. But yeah, Alvo Battle Royale would be amazing. For sure. You know, we were talking about um, moral choices and I was thinking, I wonder, I didn't pay attention to the chat if anybody was calling me out for Saints and Sinners that, you know, we allow people to do really whatever they want to in that world. And I thought that was really a brilliant um, design choice. And it's allowing people to sort of see what it's like to end up, you know, zombie apocalypse. Okay, what if I decide to do this? I remember you, Brian, saying that you had originally like, oh, yes, I'll help you. I'm so sorry. And then you're like, I'm killing you. I'm going to take this back. Killing you. I'm going to take this back, you know, Um, which just shows you that initially when you're in there, there is sort of a sense of realistic, um, you know, morality that you enter in but then as you see this sort of narrative that we created and somebody earlier was talking about you know it's a narrative it's a it's a story and being able to explore different facets of that story is what is entertaining it's not about oh i have a really dark malicious soul and spirit i want to find a place where i can be dark and malicious and games are the only place i can do that in um so. I'm, I am so with you like that. It is, you know, I think everyone, everyone sort of gasped a little bit when I played Hitman three on a live stream for the very first time when I was sitting in that club and I was like, look at all these NPCs I could fucking wreck right now. Right. And, mo- and, <laughs> I remember that. Right? and mo- most people are looking at me like, wow, look at all these people who can see me like, you know, like who are, who are witnesses to me taking down the bad guy. And I'm, and immediately I was just like, I've got a gun. I'm just going to take down all of them and see what happens. Like I love being a bad guy in games. I think I'm a pretty decent person in real life. And so I do like this outlet where I get to like explore these dark thoughts and just be like, wow. Yeah, no, I mean, I love it. I absolutely love it. Who who wants to be a good guy? He tries so hard to be a good person all the fucking time. Right. You put on the headset. Let me be a bad guy. Right. Let me. No, what I was thinking when you were doing that was how did they maintain their frame rate? Like as a (laughs) developer, I'm watching you mow down all these people, and I'm like, oh my gosh, there's no chopping. How is he maintaining frame rate? (laughs) Hitman Three was really (laughs) impressive. I don't know how they pulled that off on PSVR. It's pretty crazy. It's good. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. Uh, Nick the Game Cat House is Miles is the good guy. Brian the bad guy. That's fine. That's fine. From what you were saying, Brian, you did remind me of uh, Robert Pearson, who hosts on PlayStation Access, like really nice guy. And then he talks about certain games and the evil comes out. Like, I'm surprised he does it on the official PlayStation channel. But they'll talk about what's your favorite thing to do in Skyrim. And he goes, I just love sneaking into NPCs rooms when they're sleeping and killing them. And like, and then on like GTA, what do you like to do? He says, I love to be a taxi driver and pick someone up and then drive up the mountain and then roll it off the edge and get out and like and he'll have a little backstory he'll talk to more they're in the truck i'm like you're doing this on the official like i love it i just love the fact he's able to do that on the official playstation channel of like what do you like to do in games yeah i just love to murder people yeah yeah somebody then... said that you were dark and brian was good no quite the opposite i was gonna say because the shirts would be if that doesn't yeah <laughs> Yeah, no. Miles is too nice of a guy. I uh... oh, well, actually, underneath love, you can't see it on camera, but it says choose 
love after hate. What would John Lennon do, Miles? What would John yeah. Lennon do? Whenever, whenever I think, uh, whenever I'm in a video game, and yeah. I, I go, what would John Lennon do? Oh, and, I know. Then, and then I he'd fucking think... kill everybody. No, no. He, oh, I was going to say, think, it's time for playing 20 questions, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> uh, real quick, we got Ben Dawson in the, with the 10 quid in the chat. It says, first person shooter games are just like pulp fiction books or Hollywood blockbusters. Relatable escapism with broad appeal. There will always be room for more avant-garde entertainment to push the medium forward. I agree, Ben Dawson. I love, I will say, to kind of wrap up this conversation. Oh, thank you, Stike Gamer, the VRIF GameCat. No, no one noticed I was wearing this great Danganronpa shirt. I, I, no one noticed on Wednesday, so I had to wear it again on Friday. Yeah, I haven't really showered much recently. I apologize. Uh, what I want to say uh-huh. is that we are in a really amazing age of entertainment. Uh, I don't know how old some of you guys are out there in the chat, um, but I've been around for a little while. And when I was young, video games were not cool, uh, with the exception of, you know, the friends who I had who thought video games were cool, right? But the mainstream, you know, like the, the other people in our schools, like, were like, thought it was super nerdy, super geeky, didn't want to associate with that. Um, comic books, not cool. You know, Marvel and DC, absolutely not cool. We were living in the golden age of entertainment. Uh, especially for people who grew up like me, video games are the biggest uh, form of entertainment right now. Uh, just billions and billions of dollars uh, spent on on uh, video games, for more than music, more than movies. Uh, you know, all the combined, all, uh, combined, all the things that we grew up that were considered geeky, superheroes, comic books. This is this is the these are the biggest blockbuster movies that are being made now this is pretty cool as you know i've definitely seen people talk about the commodore 64 in the chat tonight and i fucking love you guys so much because that's where i started um and uh and it's just it's just really cool that like that whether you love first person shooters or you hate first person shooters whatever kind of game that you like there's still a million of them to play uh and, and i think that's really really cool uh they're more they're more uh, they're more available now than they've ever been before. You can just download them digitally. You can go to a store and get them. Uh, more stores sell them than ever before. Uh, I mean, it is just a great time to be a gamer. It's interesting. I bought a Atari, actual Atari. They had this, I don't even remember where I bought it. It was some retro store, and they had Atari. But what was cool is that in the hardware itself had all of like 50 games from the Atari library. And I started playing them with my kids. And my son was like, I I don't get it because it was the tank game. So anybody who remembers their Atari and the tank game, where it's like, yeah, the combat. Yeah, that's right. Combat. And you go, and then you're the thing slowly turns and and then you have this little pellet that shoots out. It was so not fast enough for them and i'm like what are you talking about this is amazing the tension is building are you going to get in the right spot you can't get fast enough like it's amazing how fast games are now and what kids are used to versus when we were i mean for me pong was like lightning speed and breakout when you would get to the higher level of red and suddenly your ball went crazy like that was oh my gosh this is so fast and now when they're looking at these games they're just like oh frogger's cute this is boring (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, so playing alone man frogger music is still classic faster faster that's fantastic i've totally forgot oh man that's awesome well done brian hell yeah 
Well, hopefully I can be just as well done. When it comes to a, when it comes to PSVR 20 questions, Tiffany is our host this time around. She has a PSVR game in that pretty little pet of hers. Aw. Oh, I'm not I'm not nice as frequently, <laughs> so relish it while you no, can. No, take it while I can. And you know, a lot of people said in the chat, I'm sorry, Atari 2600. Commodore 64 was absolutely my childhood move, Master Mick, but I, we certainly had Ataris in the household before then, and that's where I really, really got started. But we had the Commodore 64 for what seemed like an eternity, uh, so that was like what I remember the most. Um, anyway, uh, Miles and I have 20 yes or no questions to guess what PSVR game Tiffany is thinking of. Each. We only have, no, we don't. We only have six okay. minutes total. Uh, not even enough time to ask 20 questions most most uh, most games. <sighs> Tiffany, are you ready? Do you have the game ready? I am ready. And Steve IRE says that if I lose, I have to take Brian's haircut. But if we win, do I have to take your haircut? <laughs> Wicked. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's... How does that work? I don't know. Do we just swap hair? Know. Just swap hair no matter what. Is that, yeah. you can do that in, you're good at Photoshop, right, Brian? Yeah, I don't. I don't do have that. a button on OBS to make that happen. Um, yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, so let, yeah, let's get this thing started. Uh, Miles and I, we're gonna have to work together. And please, please, everybody out in the chat, help us out on this one because man, it's been difficult. Because Miles sleeping. Is Miles <laughs> sleeping? Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> you're, forget it. You're. I did totally yawn the first time, but that's fine. All right. You yawn as much as you need to yawn. I know, it means your brain needs oxygen, so it's probably... (laughs) Yawning's on my end. Yawning's on my side. (laughs) In case you were wondering, who's that yawning in my house? Yeah. (laughs) I'm so sorry. I've carried this on for two hours. I'm so sorry. I'm just having so much fun. Has the time started, Brian? It hasn't. uh, I I wish I had uh, the original run of show to share for everybody. Um, to let them nah. know when 20 questions nah. was supposed to start. It was supposed to start an hour and five minutes ago. And we also had like four other news stories that we were supposed to talk about that we ditched along the way because we didn't have time for them. Um, so yeah. this turned out to be a much different show than expected. Um, <laughs> all right, let's Good put that morning. timer up. Let's do this thing. On your mark, get set, go. You get the first question, Miles. Take it away. Does it have zombies in it? It does not have zombies in it. Okay. All right. No zombies. Uh, you got to be a member to count questions, Tiffany. Uh, no zombies. Does it have uh, – is is shooting – we'll play the metagame. Is shooting the n- number one thing you're doing in this game? Is that what you're primarily doing? I'm going to say shooting is not the primary thing you're doing in this game. Okay. No zombies. Um, are blending no in my shooting. background. As white as the back. <laughs> is the uh, is the is is the game aesthetic like realistic? I would say that the aesthetic is not realistic. Not realistic. Okay. Is this a puzzle game? It is not a puzzle game. We have got a lot of knots here. Not no zombies. Not primarily shooting. Not realistic. Not a puzzle game. What is it? Um. Yeah. What is it? Um. Uh, is there full locomotion in it? It does not have. <laughs> of course, it doesn't. Yeah. Of course, it doesn't have anything that we ask it. Yeah. <sighs> really, Donatel, you think I do the same game? What's wrong with you? Sorry. So everybody knows. <laughs> the, oh, which, you're timing down. Luckily, luckily, Witching Tower does have full locomotion, so we can eliminate that. Is uh, is this a rhythm game? It is not a rhythm game. I sh- Miles, I don't think this is an actual game. <laughs> is the uh, next spoiler. question? 
is it a game? <laughs> um, it hasn't released yet. It's one in my mind. <laughs> oh man. Um, I would say let's let's figure this out. Firebird Old School is wondering if there's driving, but I, I would say if there's no full locomotion, that would mean that there's no driving, right? Like driving would imply full locomotion. So let's let's okay. Um. Did the is is the, the developers of this game? Is this the only PlayStation VR game they've made? It is the only PlayStation okay, we got VR game. Okay. <laughs> uh, Whether that's helpful, that's another thing. But is there multiplayer of any kind in this game? There is no multiplayer. Vargosoft got it. It's our um, game. Wait, wait, wait! Did you say Vargosoft got it? Because they asked if it was Skydance's oh, next game. I was going to say, like, <laughs> wait, that, that just gave it away. You just told us. It's, yeah, no, sorry. Is, uh, I, didn't know you, I didn't know you weren't being serious. Is, <laughs> is the game first person, as in the opposite would be the character you're controlling is down in front of you? So I is it first person? Gotcha. It is, yes, and first person. Okay. Okay. That's the question that we always ask and never explain it, Roy. Yeah. <laughs> Um, have we done um, what controller it is, Brian? See, but we—I would say there's no way in hell it's uh, it's it controlled with the aim, right? Um, because yeah. it's not the primary thing you're doing isn't shooting. Uh, yeah, and and so I don't think I don't think figuring out the other controller is going to help me very much personally. I'm going to go with Orsique's question. Can uh, is it? Crap! Can you can can you play this on the flat it's screen? Not crap. Can you play this on the flat screen? Is there a flat screen version? Um, I do not believe so. But put that as a big question mark. Okay. Do you want to do you want to figure out if it's an existing IP? Um. Look it up while you guys are talking. Okay. I'm pretty sure not. Um. Or if if the controller question helps you, then by all means go for it. Is is the game dual shock only? The game is not dual shock only. So everything I'm seeing here says it's um, it is VR only. Okay. Is this based on an existing IP? Is not based off Jesus of an existing movie. I don't, dude. I we we know a shitload of things that it's not, but we own the only thing we know for certain is that it, this developer has this is the only PSVR game they ever made, and that's a is it but is it is it is it a sports game? Well, I would not. I think that's twelve. Is that twelve? Was it 11? Uh, we're we're going to trust two, you. 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, um, 12, 13. Game. Mine's 13. Okay, so I would not call this a sport game, no. Okay. 13, you sorry. Would, you would not uh, call it I mean, we, we just got to figure out the genre or something here. Uh, is it sci-fi? It is not science fiction. By the way, a few people have guessed it already in the chat. Great. <laughs> is it a fitness game? 
I'll give you this. You will sweat, but yes. it's not it's okay. not a fitness game. So you we, will sweat. We we asked if it's puzzle, so it can't be headmaster. We we asked if the primary thing you're doing is shooting, so it can't be pistol whip. Sweat. What the fuck are we gonna sweat playing? Uh, we stand in one place. Sorry, serial killer. Okay, ignore the sweat part. Just it's not. I wouldn't call it a fitness thing. <laughs> We're out of time. We lost Tiffany. The the great reveal. What is, what is it? What is it? It's Gorn. <laughs> wait, wait, wait! You said it doesn't have full locomotion. Doesn't. You have to use. No. You consider that locomotion. Oh so, my god! So, so two things about. Uh, wait, hold on, hold on. Two, uh, two, hold on, hold on. Two, you did AJ it, but but that's to be expected. <laughs> um, two things about this. One uh, is that yes, it did launch with only that, which I would still consider full locomotion because you're not teleporting. The other part of this is Suppose. that they patched they patched it like the week not. later, a week later, to have standard full locomotion. You could use the controller and move forward. You just yeah, push the move button and, and move like every other oh, game. I'm sorry, everybody. That was my bad. But no, I, right. I thought they kept it with the Servios hand controllers. Um, I'm, <laughs> thanks, Zombie. I, I I gotta say though, uh, I I I don't think I would have gotten it even if you had said full locomotion. Um, <laughs> so I would agree. I would agree, and it's not out yet. Thank right. you, right, Nick? It's Gorn's right. <laughs> never coming out. <laughs> Yeah. So just despite the fact that you answered one question possibly incorrectly, uh, I don't think no, I, I don't think was, that was going to get us there anyway. I didn't they no, it. We weren't we weren't yeah. even on that path at all. So, but people did guess it. So technically, people guessed, didn't realize guessed. that it had full before locomotion. Before you before you said no locomotion, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. did they? Yeah. Or was it before? You want it? You want it? Listen, in all fairness, no. it's really easy to AJ this game, Thanks, right? Christy. I do it all the time because if you because if you don't know one answer specifically or you think you yeah it's it's really it's really easy to well, misremember games defense, that you haven't played in like three I think years. I, need, I think I need a defense, everybody, which is I played it when it came out because it came out around the time that our game came out. Yeah. And I never played it again, so <laughs> I didn't look up to see if it had been patched. Uh, look, you know, it goes back to an earlier question that you were talking about with regards to reviewers and actually it's kind of related to that yeah. and should reviewers re-review games that they've reviewed before so i don't think i don't i don't think so but they, they patched that i did look at your review as well to help remind me yeah. so <laughs> you said no locomotion options which I, does not mean locomotion i guess i should have reviewed it again a week later right. that's the downside it, it takes wrong. so long to review a game that changing reviews is uh yeah, Looper, the underground game cat with the two euros, said, did Brian just say that Gorn had launched? Yeah, apparently I had. Uh, Nick Mueller says, start growing that hair out, Brian. Yeah, I need some Tiffany hair, apparently. This is how this shit's going to go down. Now, this was a draw, because technically I cheated, which I do, which we know. I'm a notorious cheater. Please grow a mullet, says MRI. Interesting. Uh, <laughs> Tiffany, thank you so much for being here. Uh, really special day. Uh, Hopefully everybody uh, enjoyed all the conversations that we had. Um, you're going to have to come back uh, once Saints and Sinners Chapter 2 oh, yes. Retribution, the Chainsaw Game, comes out on PlayStation VR 1. Uh, that, that'll be a Thanks fun so time. Much. Thank you, chat. Thank you, everybody. I'm sorry that I messed up the 20 questions, but that's <laughs> why it. I have to come back. I have to redeem myself. Right. Do you have to come back? You have to come back so that we can <laughs> ask you 20 questions. Or no, so that you can ask us 20 questions so we can host 20 questions and you can guess. Right? <laughs> Bring it. 
a lot of love for Tiffin and Chad. Thank you, everybody, for, for showing your support. Uh, thank you, everybody, for uh, for being here today and hanging out with us, hanging out on this awesome Friday. Just a reminder, of course, that tomorrow is going to be a bloodbath. The live stream is already set up. We're going to do our top 50 debate. It's going to be me. It's going to be Miles. It's going to be AJ. It's going to be Wes. It's going to be Aceville. And, man, it's going to be absolutely insane. We're starting at 11 a.m. Eastern, so set your alarms, uh, especially all you on the West Coast. You don't have to get up early tomorrow. Uh, set your alarm nice and early. Make sure you order pizzas and coffee and beers and whatever else you're going to need. To get through the seven-plus-hour live stream, it's going to be <laughs> terrible. <laughs> it's just going to be the worst thing ever, and I can't wait. It's going to be so much fun. It's going to be a bloodbath. Uh, blood will be spilled, says Awesome Tatum, and I totally agree. Uh, thank you to everybody who tipped during the show today. You guys were awesome keeping the lights on over here. Really, really appreciate it. Um, uh, thank you to everybody who tried to help us out on 20 questions. Thank you, Miles. Make sure you subscribe to Miles' channel. The link for that channel is in the description below. Thank you very much. Maybe I'll see you there when he does his live stream. There we go. Are you streaming tonight? What's happening? Me? Yeah, you're not streaming tonight. I'm sorry. No, I'm literally going to bed as soon as this ends. Nice. <laughs> Genetic Blast Me, the Squid Positive Talk Cat within chat with the $5 tips. It's wonderful, tiff-tastic stream. I made the first sci-fi, my first sci-fi corridor during this. He's making some stuff in dreams, I'm assuming. Yeah. Wait, where's my dreams paper? Is that around here somewhere? Where's this one? No. This one? No. This one? No. Oh, wait, I found it. Yeah, there we go. Dreams. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. That's awesome. And thank you, everybody, who sat back and watched the shows. Didn't say a goddamn word. We know you're out there, and we love you just as much. Let's get out of here, you guys. Bye-bye. Have a good weekend, everybody. See you tomorrow. Bye, everyone. <laughs> What do you think? Did we kill any unicorns today? Did, did that happen? Huh? Did we kill any unicorns? No. No. We're replicating. We have knock-knock jokes going on. Thank you, awesome Tatum. Wait, I thought, Love it. I thought Miles was the one with all the horrible jokes. What's he doing in the chat? I'm not horrible. The jokes, are, I do pre- have jokes. jokes are pretty terrible. They can be, yeah. <laughs> they, can be, they can be pretty terrible. Yeah. The worse the joke, the better. That's my philosophy. Nice. Yeah. Miles, you've been yeah. hanging out in rec room this week? No, no, I'm done. I'm done with rec room. Sleeping, or am, or am I? Or am I? No, Brian. This week for clip of the week, it's not actually a rec room clip, which might surprise some people. I, I know it's going to disappoint a lot of people, um, but I have been accused of being a bullier of kids <laughs> with all my exchanges, <laughs> where they are swearing at me, and I tell them to behave and somehow i'm the bully oh and i'm just trying to do a good charitable act of parenting where parenting is clearly missing this is but there we horrible, go isn't it? <laughs> what this clip no 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 so this clip is um actually an, an old classic one that i played on my show on wednesday um of me playing uh five nights at freddy because um one of the games i need to still play before the show tomorrow mm-hmm. is blair witch mm-hmm. and i'm gonna be playing it when i wake up tomorrow wow. and like all horror games i can't wait to play it but i also don't want to play it because i'm such a scaredy cat and for those that wonder how freaked out i get by vr horror games this is just a perfect example of that 
Well, let's check it out. Let's tie this up a bit. Welcome back to Parts and Service. Fuck this. Oh no, it looks like Bonnie's guitar is out of tune and must be recalibrated. <sighs> First, we must access his harmonization module located inside his secondary throat pipe. Okay, get to it. To access the throat pipe, both eyes must first be removed. All right. You must be as precise as possible when removing the eyes from their respective sockets. I feel sick. First, firmly grip Bonnie's left eye and left. carefully remove it from its socket. Oh, my God. Great job. Deposit the oh, in the cleaning receptacle on your left. Fuck! Very nice. <laughs> terrifying. I say terrifying, right? It's like when you know that these that these animatronics can kill you uh, and you have to uh, get that close to them. Terrifying. I don't believe anyone who says that Five Nights isn't scary. I'm sorry. Oh, man, it is so tense. Because you just, like, they're massive. They're massive. When it's sat next to you in VR, it's huge. And just a bit of context for those who've watched that on that clip. That was just after the first time I attempted it where... It says take out the left eye, Bonnie's left eye, and you take out the one on your left, and it's wrong. So that scared me. And that's why I was so happy as soon as I grabbed out of Bonnie's left eye that I then put it in the, the little thing to my right, thinking, oh, yeah, I've done it. And then when that came up, it was just like, no, you need to just listen to the instructions. Right, Brian? Amazing. Absolutely amazing. I couldn't even... I couldn't handle the. I remember when Five Nights at Freddy was a big thing on the phones. In the first, you know, oh. And I the, couldn't play that. The Five Nights at Freddy one that's, that is the Fox one in the uh, ventilation yes. uh, shafts yeah. where you're constantly looking and it's. Oh, man. Yeah. Mm. Oh, man. I wonder if that's on my list. I guess we'll find out tomorrow. It's going to be good. Bring pizza, everyone. Bloodbath. Love it. Good night, everyone. We love Bloodbath. you all. Bloodbath. <laughs> 